Welcome, podcast world. Uh, to me, not being able to talk or speak as we start. It's wonderful, right? Those are the same. It's always things. a good time. <laughs> yeah, I meant. See, I can't. Even, I can't even do it right now. I meant to say can't read or speak. See, I already have fucked it up. Yeah. See, that's how my week's gone. Shit. <laughs> shit. Um, shut the yeah. shums. Looks like we. That's a bit of a shit week. Just a long week. Lost, what was that, Pat? It looks like we've lost <laughs> before we've started. Correct. Yep. Yep. Definitely have. So how's all you fellas doing this evening? <laughs> I'm doing just peachy. You're a peach, so I expect that. Okay. Yes. I'm a Georgia peach baby. Sweet and juicy. <laughs> all the way to the middle. Oh, Lord. <laughs> any any Saturday? Any Saturday that the, the suck eyes lose is a good one. So yes, how much did they lose by? Was Just it a lot touchdown? Of Touchdowns enough. But it was a home game, so they yes. don't lose a lot of games at home. Yeah. Like Pat Pat posted earlier, how many of those people are gonna have COVID tomorrow? <laughs> no, all, all hundred plus thousand of them. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking that. Almost like any stadium, though, right now, because I'm not seeing masks being worn anywhere. So, no, that's true. Hey, that's that's one way to get herd immunity. Have everybody just get sick. Yeah, um, yeah. It just takes thousands of deaths first, you know. Well, I'm not saying that's a good part of it. I'm just saying that's that's one way to get herd immunity. <laughs> and not the good way. I'll talk. And technically, it's not either because of the variants. So, well, what? Yes. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not watching the Florida State game. It looks like it's boring as shit. It is boring. They suck. <laughs> Speaking oh, of God. sucks, I was watching um, – there's a school around here that was live streaming their game yesterday. It's a high school around here, charter school. And I usually – like I don't like to take delight in, in high school teams losing – um, because you know, they're just kids and I, and it's, so I'll, I'll preface it with this. I wasn't happy because the kids were losing. I was happy because it was the coach of that team was losing. Oh, was, was that the, um, Bucks first executive charter? Yes, it was. Yes, Marlon, it was. Mar Marlon sent me that. I was watching a little bit on YouTube <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. That's he funny. sent it to me. <laughs> yeah. He's well, like, watch this. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, is this that fake school we're talking about? No, um, it's not Bishop. Whatever. Oh. No, it's it's a yeah. it's a legitimate charter school. Um, but they uh, like the remember back in the day, and they still do it. They're just better at doing it now. The you know you had the Catholic schools that recruit you know the players, and they're like, oh, come play for us. We'll give you a free scholarship to come to our school, and da 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 da. -da. So the kids go to their school, and I know it still happens because one of my uh, wife's cousins they're oh, the recruiting shit yeah they're her cousin is the high school basketball varsity coach for uh a new jersey school uh phillipsburg and he had kids plucked from his program to go play for like beck and central catholic of course so catholic that's kids in a whole nother state that are mm -hmm. getting plucked to come play. But so this school did it for their basketball program. They built a really good basketball program. And I don't know how far they went in the States. I, I didn't really follow it. I was just like, okay, you know, be what it be. And then they started doing it for football. Now, I don't know if they just didn't pick really good kids to go after 
Um, but it was kind of funny because they now got sanctioned by uh, Division uh, District 11 uh, PI, uh, PA, PIAA Sports. Uh, they got, um, uh, I forget what the heck, it, I said sanctioned, but that's not the real word. That's not the proper term. Um, but they're they're not able to play in like playoffs or anything like that. They're like banned from that stuff for a whole year. So they got playoffs. a lot of trouble. So because the coach got caught texting Al, uh, Allen, which is one of the schools that it's an Allentown school. So they got plucked. They were trying to, he was texting one of the Allen players and, uh, you know, got caught and he, you know, the school stands behind him and says, Hey, he wasn't actually trying to recruit the kid and which I'm, you know, I say to that, uh, BS. Yeah. <laughs> what are you but, texting him for? Hey buddy, that was a great game you had the other day. Yeah. Why don't you come play for us? We could do X, Y, and Z for you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it was just, it was just, like I said, I wasn't happy because the kids, because I've been on losing teams and it sucks to be on a losing team. It, it, it no matter what sport you play, but it was nice to see that that coach, uh, who I, I is one of those people I feel thinks highly, very highly of themselves, thinks they're um, very good, um, have a, his team get destroyed because uh, he was definitely out coached. I don't think it's that he has bad players. I think he was just out coached because his team lost forty three to six. Like it wasn't even Whoa. close. And his quarterback threw two pick sixes, and it was just a nightmare for that team. That's why I feel bad for the kids, but I don't feel bad for the coach. Um, so, because that that's just that's rough. Like that's real rough. But he had it coming, you know. He he's also the same guy that coached one of the team, one of their uh, basketball teams in the league that I coach in, and uh, kind of threatened me, so to say. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, so. <laughs> Like interesting, this shit talking bullshit. Yeah, so it's just unfortunate for those kids. But yeah. everything, like, and I, granted, I was inside, but everything when I was in Chicago, you had to have a mask. There mm. were because we we got to the we got to the we got to the show really early on Sunday, so we like sat in the parking lot for like two you hours. Gotta t- you got to tell us where you were. Now our, our, yeah, our you just segued into that. Our fans don't know where you were, <laughs> man. You got to tell us, man. We know where you were. <laughs> I went to wrestling. I went to the AEW pay-per-view last weekend. So um, Nice. Which one was that? We were... We were all out. All, all out. out, okay. When we were... We got there like two hours early. So we, I tried to like kind of lay down in the back seat and like kind of take a nap. And Nicole was like people watching. And they were like, once the doors opened, <laughs> there were definitely people going up. And they sent me an email, guys. I got an email from the, the venue saying all the rules. And one of the rules is you have to wear a mask. All these people were walking up and having to go back to their car, walking up, going back to their car. <laughs> Nicole's like, do they, do they get, I'm like, I'm sure they got the email. I'm like, I got it. So she, the, the, the funniest thing she said to me is she's like, Matt, there's a lot of really fat people here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> well, there was a there, and, and there was a guy sitting behind us, a bunch of heavier oh, guys, bigger guys. And they were like, got the dudes were like, Man, they're sold out of all the shit at the at the vendor. Don't they know that smalls and mediums, there ain't wrestling fans who are smalls and mediums, damn it. Um. I mean not everyone's a 4x either you know 
Yeah, but a lot of these or whatever they wear. I I'm not picking. I don't know what size you wear, motherfucker. I don't know what size shirt you wear. I, I know. You a few days ago. But I wasn't saying that size for that reason. I was just imagining that's probably how big these guys behind he, Matt were. He wasn't wrong though. Like his assessment in that statement was kind of right. Like WWE and <laughs> AEW are two different crowds. There's there's no kids there, guys. There was like ten kids in the whole place. Yeah, so they yeah. had the smalls for the girls. Yeah, well, most of the girls, <laughs> most of the girls that were there were not small either. No, <laughs> they might have thought they could fit in the small. Wow, I like my shirts nice and tight. <laughs> when I think, I think I'm glad we had the masks on because when I went two years ago with Eli, Eli's like, man, that dude next to me needed to take a shower. And <laughs> Nicole was like, I didn't smell anything, and I'm like, that's because we had the masks on. So, smell that horrible bo. <laughs> that's great. I, it was, it was like, it was the best. It was probably the best pay per view I've ever been to. Jeremy, like I think before this one, the all at the takeover I went to with you was probably the best one I had been to. Maybe the mm-hmm. money in the bank that I went to with you and Pat, that one was pretty good too. But this one was like just that one where they like I don't know if the, I don't really know if they're like there's a wrestling war right now, but we're getting closer to that than we were three months ago. So that was the event where AEW kind of said, we're here and we're not going anywhere. Yeah. And it was just, it was really cool. Well, yeah, we'll find that I, out if there's a war by the end of the year. Yeah. Oh. What I'm, what I want to do is I want to take my son to go see AEW because they come occasionally to. Oh, they're going to uh, be in Bethlehem. Philly. They're, well, they're going to be in Philly in October. Yeah. So I'll wait until they come to and they do a small show at the at the place in Bethlehem because they come there. Uh, I know a lot of people that have gone to see them there already. There's one lady I went to school with. She's a huge wrestling fan. So anytime there's any small shows around here, she's going. She goes to the ones down in Philly, too, occasionally, but she definitely hits all the ones in Bethlehem. Um, but, yeah, I want to take him there. He I, He's really gotten into to like going to see stuff like right. we went to monster jam and demolition derby, went to or demolition derby you know and so he wants to go see cool things like that and so i think he'd really enjoy but, going to see wrestling live now it so, was yeah, it, it was the the crowd there the crowd there was it was a really hype crowd and usually chicago is one of the better like wrestling cities like usually the mm-hmm. crowd was pretty hype and the crowd was pretty hype all night so, and it was just like that, that, and I told, I told Joe this earlier in the week, this is crazy. So in Chicago, in CM Punk's hometown, the night CM Punk wrestles again, two people get bigger pops than CM Punk in Chicago. That ain't ever going to happen ever again, <laughs> ever. So like when, when Cole and Daniel Bryan both came out, the, the, the roof blew off that place twice in like five minutes. <laughs> That's Vader acting crazy. No, and I was wondering where Pat. It was. Uh, it was worried because that sound Martin. happened, and and then Darth Pat turned around. I'm like, oh, wait a minute! I thought something was two different things well, going on. What's there? Vader's rolling around on the on the couch. My my ice maker can be very noisy, and the problem is it sometimes sounds a little too close to somebody knocking on the door. So hmm. it's distracting. It's the strippers <laughs> I ordered for you. <laughs> Good for yeah. who answered that door. 
Darth Pat. I paid some good money for them, god damn it. <laughs> you knew we were doing something. Yeah. Hence why I did it. Joe said you guys were uh talking. I was I have no problems, guys. I was jumping up in like a five-year-old kid when Adam Cole came out. I was I was legitimately like screaming. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, uh, yeah, we we were probably like, yeah, he probably creamed his pants. Hope he brought an extra pair of underwear. You were kidding me as a schoolgirl. Nicole said that, Nicole said that's the happiest she's ever seen me at a wrestling event. So and she's been to about 10 of them with me. <laughs> I had and to uh go back and rewatch some of the matches they posted on YouTube. Just I, I watched the whole thing. I watched the whole thing again, Joe. So just because uh you know I was watching that and doing the podcast at the same time last week. So I saw stuff, but there's a bits and pieces I missed, of course. Not no big deal. But uh yeah. There's some definitely some stuff I did miss. But um overall, yeah, I would definitely give that uh even with the big show match, I'd still give it an A plus. It's uh, all right. It was an A. It was an A for me. I can't <laughs> pretend that the big show on QT Marshall didn't happen. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, it happened. It's just whatever. It is what it is. He he got his he got us he blew his load in in that match. End of conversation. Whatever. Like and like, can you imagine, Joe? After I watched Pac and Andrade last night, if that match would have been there, like that match was the shit last night. Like that match was a four and a half star match on Rampage last night. The show was already really good. If that match had been there, too, like if they've been able to have that match, yeah. Oh, absolutely. There was actually a really good from about nine o'clock to about ten thirty last night between SmackDown and Rampage. Like the Edge Rollins match was solid last night, other than Rollins completely botching the Glam Slam the first time. So yeah, yeah I did not get a chance to watch any wrestling last night. I didn't even read the results from wrestling last night. Um, I ended up getting a migraine last night, so uh, that pretty much I, took care of that for me. <laughs> I don't know. They I don't know if they wrote Edge off TV so he can get drafted to Raw, but he he got hurt by Rollins. So called, so called got hurt. He got hurt. So um, Finn Finn came out as the demon at the end of the night, Joe. Oh, did he? So it's mm, it's nice. the demon versus Roman. So see, that's hard because uh, he's never lost as the demon. So I'm curious to see what they're going to do with that. And they're they definitely are like. They did a really good job at the beginning of the show too, Joe, of like like when Brock came out, he's like, Paul, why didn't you tell Roman that I was gonna be at SummerSlam? Ah, he actually <laughs> talked. That's funny. It's great. That is great. McAfee was like, McAfee said, like, he said something like, if if we had a problem and aliens took over the country, Brock Lesnar is the guy we want to taking care of business. <laughs> If you're picking a professional wrestler, probably. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not picking a professional wrestler, I would not send Brock. Yeah, if no, you're picking I a professional he said, wrestler, he's, he's the guy that actually would come out of like his house with like an axe <laughs> and a chainsaw and shit like that. You're like, yeah, I know how to use this goddamn shit. I'm fucking tearing it up. Yeah, I think he said. <laughs> he'd have a, he'd have a couple of machetes strapped to his legs and shit. Like, let's go, bitches. I don't think that's going to work against the aliens. You know, they're, they're aliens. I know. It was oh. just. 
but Matt you know, Casey. okay, maybe a gun or two he'd come out with yeah. then. It was just <laughs> sure he's got those too. It was just McAfee being McAfee, like he's so different from all the other wrestling announcers because he's like a mark and he like like everything feels real with him. It doesn't feel like he's forcing it. It's just him being himself. So yeah. that's what all these announcers should be able to do. Just go out and be themselves. But most of them are robotic and it feels like they're forcing stuff or Excalibur just is annoying. Is he still um, doing his uh, announcing with his mask on? Yes. He always will. He never, he'll, he'll always do it like that. And that's, that's the one thing like, like when we were at the event, Nicole's like, man, She's like, it sucks. We can't hear the announcing. When I went back to what went back and watched the matches, I'm like, man, thank God I couldn't hear the announcing. Yeah, I didn't hear too much of it because <laughs> we're doing was, the podcast, so I didn't have to listen to it. it was, <laughs> so it was, it was kind was, of cool in, in a certain aspect. Because Jr. definitely called Ruby Ruby Riot, and he called Paul White the Big Show. So, oh, he did. Yeah, yeah, I did hear that stuff. <laughs> Not, yeah, when he's been calling somebody by a name for 20 years, you know. Yeah, it is. Know, what it is. Still, like you you're not but that's, that's not the person's name anymore. So and well we we can all admit that JR is getting old and and to Pat's point, yes, when you call somebody the same name for that long, it is it does happen to be a tendency, you know, but he does have yeah. to get it. He's gotta get it together, man. You gotta get it together there, JR. When I when when I went with you, Jeremy, when we went to that takeover, the mm-hmm. Gargano Andrade match was like one like match of the year. Mm-hmm. The cage match from with the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers is probably going to win match of the year from this event. It's probably oh, man, I messed up. Nice. Well, yeah, you're you're what what happened? You're orange. What did oh, you do I to pressed your face? the wrong. See, I pressed the wrong button. I wanted to turn down the light, but I pressed it to the. Oh. There He's changing colors. He's a mutant. Kill, the mutants. To get Kill the, the mutants. <laughs> I wanted to turn down the brightness and the subtleness. There we go. Joe, do you like Daniel Bryan's like remixed music or not? Like I like it, but yeah, yeah, I do. Pat, I did you hear it or not? Do you like Daniel Bryan's like remixed music or not? What do you mean remixed? It sounded just like the normal. Oh no, that's no, remixed. It, it does the flight of the Valkyries thing for like ten or fifteen seconds, and then it kind of has a rap beat or a hip hop beat. Then. Oh, I guess yeah. I didn't. I just. I you guess need I didn't. to go listen to it again. <laughs> yeah. I thought I just heard like the like the regular normal ride of the Valkyries. So yeah. No, you did right at the beginning, and then for like about fifteen seconds deep, it it kind of turned into like a they threw a hip-hop beat into it kind of so yeah they did mm. it's good it, it's interesting it's, i mean it's if good. you don't if you don't like rap music like the other pat told me he doesn't like it because he doesn't like rap music so <laughs> so and i guess it yeah, depends. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not i'm not a rap aficionado so i so, pat really i was surprised because like Flight of the Valkyries is like public domain. I'm surprised they didn't use the final countdown because that was his song like in the indies and stuff. So I think I read something about that where the band wanted too much for it. So, okay. Apparently there I is surprised. apparently apparently there is a limit as to how far Tony Khan will go. Okay. <laughs> Which that's good. I think Flight of Valkyries is better anyway for it. 
God, I, I just, <laughs> there's a lot of people and I've read a lot of people that like wild thing with Moxley. I don't, I just, I think that he's such a badass and that song's like a pussy song to me. So. Mm. I mean, I see where we're going with that. It just, uh, it's, it's commercialized. Yo, it's 100% yeah. commercialized. That's why they did it. I know that's why they did it. <laughs> It's commercialized because of the movie. That's why it's commercialized for the but most I mean, part. People were singing it when we were there and stuff. So I'm just like, it's, this is why they did it because people can sing this, and that's it's catchy. It's a catchy tune. I mean, legit. It's it's a catchy tune. And whose music is this? You said Moxley's. Yes, yeah. it's it's like Wild Thing from like Major League. <laughs> yeah. So it's not Back in the Wild Thing. It doesn't look. It doesn't. His music before that was cooler to me. So I just, I don't like that they changed it to like what they did. Like Jungle Boys, them changing that music, that made sense. Like the music he has now fits with his character. So that one made sense to me. Mm-hmm. So they play George of the Jungle? <laughs> um, no, I don't know the name of the song they play, but it's, it, it fits. It's not. No, it's not. <laughs> that would be awesome, though. Change, Another catchy it. dude. <laughs> um, so. Oh, my God. Since we're all um, music lovers here, all, you know, all different music, but you have to, I, I think it's important that you guys watch on Netflix. There is a Clive Davis, um, like, um, documentary. Uh, yes, there. That's the word I was looking for. Documentary yeah. on Clive Davis. Uh I didn't realize, like, I knew who Clive Davis was, but I didn't realize Ooh. how much he was involved in the music scene and for how fucking long. Like, I think that guy's still alive, I think. I'm pretty sure he's still alive. I believe so, uh, yes. But he's just, like, cr- it's one, it's crazy how he got into it, and two, it's crazy how long he's been into it and how many people he's discovered. Some he didn't ever hear of because they never took off like he thought they would, and then some of the, just the amazing superstars of music. Like from all fucking genres too. It's just crazy. Yep. He was in the he was in everything. He didn't he never stuck to a specific genre. He was he was just looking for talent and just pure talent. Yeah. Didn't care what the hell they did. Yeah, they say that like the guy with the golden ear for music, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Pretty much but, was or is. But yeah, so because and any music lover out there, you gotta go, you gotta watch. I haven't watched the whole thing. It's two and a half, it's like two hours and forty five minutes long, so it's really long. But it's definitely if you're a music person, you gotta go. It's one of those things you should sit down and lit and, and watch because it's definitely worth watching, just to, I, to see all the, the different one, uh, people's lives that he touched and how much he watched, like, actually cares. I watched the uh, Whitney Houston one the other day. Oh, well, a couple. I don't see the other day, a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. That was interesting. Uh, that, that was one I have not watched. One. Yeah, Bobby Brown was in it and whatnot. It was cool. Um, yeah, it was it was uh it was a good documentary. You know, she had some some demons and whatnot, but mm-hmm. just sad. So I was kind of you know, tell me speaking the age I am, you know, I grew up with with her and and that music and whatnot. So a talent that uh, passed away too soon, like a lot of them do, unfortunately. Yeah, evidently I didn't know this, and you might, and this might be in the documentary about Whitney Houston, which I'll definitely have to watch. Evidently, at some point in time, the R and B community didn't want to embrace her because they said mm-hmm. that she sang white. 
I, yeah, like, she was. It was. Um, yeah, she was singing too white per se, if you want to use that terminology, or she was too. Um, I don't want to say commercialized because that really wasn't a thing back then, but too streamlined. That's the terminology. Maybe we'll just use the commercialized. You know, mm-hmm. that she was. I guess it was what they they brought it up that she wasn't really reaching the black community the way they wanted her to. So some of the award shows, she really wasn't embraced by her peers, yeah. Um, until a certain a certain time frame, yeah. So that was, and which uh, is sad, you know what I mean? Because you have a, a up and coming black female who can sing her ass off and um, getting hits, making money, you know, a famous black person, female of that, you know, doing what she was doing and. It's just, you know, they didn't, they didn't embrace her, you know, because of that uh, yeah, from the and documentary. Think, uh, and according to the, do- uh, the Clive Davis documentary, it was when they put out the Be My Baby Tonight album. And that was the number one single. That's when she kind of broke through to, in, in, into that. Started to, yeah. You know, the, I, I, I hate to say into the black community, but that's when she got more embraced by that, that's that that genre like the full yeah. r&b and and stuff like that yep. which is just crazy like i don't because i didn't i know I, you can definitely see, tell the difference in that song to the other ones but it's yeah. not drastic it's not like super drastic in, in the type of music that she was doing before because it's still pop it's still r&b ish I, I i don't get it but i was always a whitney houston fan i liked everything that i shouldn't say everything but most. Everything that I ever I like, heard, yeah, I, 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 I liked. majority of it, yeah. There wasn't like there wasn't a song that I ever heard that I didn't like, but I never owned any of her albums. Like my mom loved Whitney Houston. She's like, she is probably the greatest natural singer I have ever heard in my life. She's like, she didn't have to try to sing; she just could fucking nope. sing. Like it was just. I, I agree natural. with that. She definitely was. <laughs> I definitely like, agree with that. And then she started getting, you know, I want to say street cred because <laughs> you know her and Bobby Brown, man, they just hit it off. They just. Mm-hmm. Just from the documentary, it seemed like those two had a lot more in common than what the general public, you know, saw mm-hmm. from the outside looking in. But there yeah. was people from the inside too that understood it. But there's a couple people in the documentary that they definitely were not happy about those two getting together. Yeah. Because there are some people who just didn't like or trust Bobby Brown. Put it that way. Well, I mean, going back to our uh, days of especially when he got in trouble all the time yeah well i mean you think about it if you go back to when he was part of new edition he was yeah. one of the big reasons that new edition didn't exist anymore because he got selfish know, yeah selfish mm-hmm. got a big a little bit bigger head than some of the other guys and left to do his own thing and then we got the my prerogative album you know and that jeremy, was pretty you're... much it jeremy did you ever watch that like like thing it's like a three-part thing about new edition that's really good no i still need to watch that i'm hoping that somewhere it gets available for well it's on, it's on like it's on like if you if you just go to like i think the on demand for bt if you find that i mean it's a it's not something i had to pay for mm-hmm. so if you can just find the on demand usually i when i watched it well i've watched it twice it mm-hmm. was just on the on demand for bet so that's really good, Jeremy. That's a really good, like, kind of, it's like a six hour thing. It's like, two, it was, they did it in three pizzas and it was like two hours each night. So 
Oh yeah, it's something I would definitely enjoy. I mean, yeah, I, I know we've told this story before, but going to Powerhouse and freaking seeing yes. New Edition just bust out all of a sudden, you know, that was like the, the that top the night. I could care less. I at that point, I didn't care about seeing G Unit and Fifty Cent and all them guys. I was like, New Edition's here, man. It's the fucking shit right now. I know that was that was that was sweet. So it's good time. And all the young kids that were there, were like, who the hell are these guys? <laughs> That's fucking awesome. That, know your roots, boys. Know your roots. That's, that I I'm, the only thing I ever will remember about that concert is New Edition and those like girls in front of us when those guys were trying to sit with them. And Jeremy's like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> yeah, I was so mad. I don't know if I. I don't think we've ever told that story on the podcast yet. But yeah, no, there was this. These girls were probably between like eighteen and twenty-two, somewhere in that mm. age group. Uh, they maybe. weren't. They weren't ugly. No, and they weren't. They were attractive young ladies. <laughs> that's for sure. And then all of a sudden, this gangle of guys that were definitely there for the hip hop end of things. I mean, everybody was there for the hip hop because it was it was powerhouse. I mean, it was all hip hop stuff. Just stood on the back of their chairs, like with their dicks rubbing against their backs. I'm like, what the fuck? That's why I was like annoyed because like <laughs> I have like, to right like out. I have to look they in between like right, these guys right in front of us. So they were like crowding into our space. Yeah. So that's why, like, I didn't care. Like, if they would have been down behind them, like, if they wanted to share the space and the girls were okay with them grinding on them, been no problem. But you're in my area. Like, if you've ever been in a stadium, like, you only have, like, a three-foot space to put your feet. That's not very much. And then you put another person in front of you that's standing on the chair in front of you. Uh, Now I got about a foot and a half. So I'm pretty much smelling your ass as you're standing in front of me. Like, please don't fart because I'm going to probably pass out. You know, (laughs) but yeah. Thankfully, it only lasted like 15 or 20 minutes. It wasn't something that was excessive. They like eventually. That's still too long. That would have been fucking livid at that point oh I, I, I was real pissed i'm like god because that 15 to 20 minutes seemed like it, it for a fucking eternity i'm like oh I my was, god would these guys I fucking was, leave already i was afraid i was afraid Jeremy was gonna say something i'm like oh shit I'm like, well yeah because it definitely wouldn't have been good because i mean a majority of the people that were there were white these gentlemen were not these were the opposite <laughs> <laughs> so not that i eh, eh, you know it eh, Skin color doesn't matter. You, you piss me <laughs> off and piss me off. Like, I could care less what color you are. Like, just be polite to people around you. Like, that's <laughs> that's all. My, that's my thing. And for some reason, uh. AJ and I, and it always seems like that. You always find the one person, no matter where you go, where you sit, what event you're doing, there's one person that's close enough that annoys the fucking piss out of you. Because they're either screaming like an idiot, they're jumping up and down, they're doing something like you're like, so it's like, if you just, I can't, I, you're either blocking my view, you're annoying the shit out of me. Dropping food at the back of your t shirt. <laughs> my food in the back of your t shirt. You know, it's just actually, always something. Actually, I can like say, like last Sunday, I was not, I did not have no, there was no idiots anywhere around me. It was actually a pretty good, like, surrounding people. Like, you know, there was, I, there might have been one drunk person there. There was like one guy during the CM Punk match mm-hmm. that kept chant for CM Punk and he was like losing his voice. So it was not <laughs> good. We're like, just stop. No more. You can barely talk. Sounds like a groggy toad. Jeremy, you and Pat don't necessarily know who, I don't know, Pat, maybe you know who Tessa Blanchard is. The best part was during <laughs> yeah. the like, 
during the casino battle royal before like the the mystery person came out this group of people probably in the like the deck above us started chanting we want tesla and everybody in the oh. whole place was going no we don't and this guy <laughs> just kept doing it and the, the, one of the guys behind me just finally turned around he's like shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so, yeah and, no i know who she is so yeah i was I was like, no, we don't want, but Nicole's like, who's Tessa Blant, Tessa? I'm like, don't worry about it. We don't want her and she's not going to show up. So yeah. I'm like. Is she good at what she does? Yes. Yeah. Is she a, a violent, honestly violent. Well, yeah, she can be. Is she a head case in the, is she a head case behind the scenes? Absolutely. There was, there was no way that anybody other than Ruby Soho was going to be the person that there was no way they were not going to put somebody else in there just for fun everybody knew what they were chanting for her before she even came out mm-hmm. so i i i have yet to see and, and i'm i'm happy about this i have yet to see i've seen the crowd do it but i have yet to see daniel bryan do the yes so i wonder if he's gonna not do it there yeah i i think that, i don't i have a feeling he's not just from his last from sunday to wednesday I, he I hasn't don't. done it I don't think he's going to. And he's yeah. he's not like a heel like Jericho, so he can't just be a dick and squash it because Jericho squashed a couple of WWE things right off the bat. He's like, we're not doing this anymore. So uh, Brian's not really that character, but he's just not doing it. So maybe he's going to find something else to do instead of that. If he can get the people to stop doing that, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I don't think you'll ever get the fans to stop doing it, though. So I wanted to share uh, a story with you guys from the demolition derby, which I thought was really funny. Um, So before the actual demolition derby started, and this is the first time I ever actually been to one, like Allentown at the Allentown fair does one every year. It's always the last thing. It always closes out the show out the fair, but never go. Cause I'm like, eh, you know, it's a demolition derby. It's not that, you know, not that exciting. And it was pretty cool. It wasn't super awesome or anything like that. It was, you know, exactly what I kind of thought it was going to be. Cars smashing into each other. There were some cool That's things that happened just because some of the it. drivers are kind of fucking crazy uh, that are doing it. But they they had kids in power wheels doing demolition derby, and they had really? to pop. Yeah, they had to pop balloons, kind of like Mario Kart. You pop the balloons and the guys out. Boo! Um, I would have had fun doing that. <laughs> So they were doing that and it got down to the last two kids that had a balloon and the one kid's balloon, she, she tried to ram him and his balloon would not pop. Like this balloon was evidently not inflated enough. So she got frustrated as kids do and adults do. Um, but she ran into the back of him like full on hard. Like the kid didn't know what to do. Like he was just like kind of sitting in his power wheel. He's like, the guy's like, tell him you gotta go this way. You gotta do this, turn your wheel this way. And he was just sitting there. And so the girl got frustrated and like rear-ended him like hard. Like she got a full head of steam at her power wheel, like boom. <laughs> and the crowd just booed her. They're like, boo. I'm like, oh, oh, they shit. booed her? Yeah. It's like, oh no. shit, this kid's like nine. Like, that's messed up. That's really messed up. And then mm, they had to call it because time ran out, like too much time had passed. And uh so they called it and then they did a fan fan um votes on the winner so it's like okay how about this kid you know he they they uh said by the type of truck he's like okay how about the chevy truck and the crowd goes ah, and it's cheers and and then the girls weren't driving the esc has the escalade they're like okay how about the girl in the escalade they're like boo i'm like oh. <laughs> i'm like that's 
fucking harsh, man. This kid's so young. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Like, you could just, like, not cheer and just, like, have a couple people cheer. You don't have to boo her. Like, they booed her out of the fucking stadium. I was like, damn. <laughs> That's horrible. Harsh. It's funny, but it's horrible at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it was horrible. I was laughing a little bit, but I was like, damn, that is really fucking mean. Like. Yeah. No, it definitely is. Because those would be the same people that would be like, don't boo my fucking kid. That's not right. Don't boo my kid. <laughs> yeah, they, they would be. They definitely would be. But so that was that was an interesting thing. The cool thing that we saw, though. I don't know. When I'm talking demolition derby, like that's really something cool. Um, but so one of the guys got knocked out of the ring. Like they put up um, telephone poles to outline in a big rectangle of telephone poles. And one of the guys got knocked outside the telephone poles, but his car was still running. So technically still in it's until, until your car can't run. He goes, peels out and does a big Yui and comes flying back in, hits the telephone poles, jumps back into the race and fucking runs across and smashes it into somebody. I was like, Oh shit. Like that's fucking nuts. (laughs) Cause those cars are not made to jump. No, no, they're not. (laughs) And it's funny. A lot of them like pre-dented their cars. Like they didn't look like they didn't come in like, I mean, you, you, they find these fixer up, like these piece of shit cars at the junkyard and throw an engine in a transmission and fucking that, you know, roll cage and shit like that. And that's all yeah. they are. But it was really funny because <laughs> they, uh, like a lot of them like pre-dented. It looked like they took sledgehammers to them and just dented everything in. <laughs> I was like, mm, just okay. to make them look like they weren't perfect when yeah. they had them. And it looked <laughs> like they some- were cool and already had a beat up car. Though somebody did roll in with a... Uh, uh what the hell the plymouth what's the plymouth the not the what's the one that i can't stand it's not the they had the plymouth prowler and then they had like the tiny version of it the plymouth um the pt cruiser yeah the pt cruiser somebody had a pt cruiser <laughs> in there he had a pt cruiser that's classic <laughs> they were part PT of the compact cruiser answer in the demolition derby yeah they were part of the compact uh edition like they had a compact race there was 17 cars in the compact race i was like jesus like it took forever for them to get that that one done. That was like a forty minute demolition derby thing. I was like, "Damn, this is forever." Jeremy, oh, when you went though. to the when you guys volunteered at the Iron Pigs game, yeah. Adam Adam and his family were there, but he didn't. He he said he didn't see you. But I think it's funny that you guys were in the same place. Yeah, no, yeah, because yeah, we were out at that patio thing. So the only people that. <laughs> If you would have saw us, if you like, there's a concourse that walks around the entire park. So that's the only way you're going to see us. Because if you're not in the patio, uh, the only way you see us is you walk by the concourse. So it was weird because Adam posted a picture and he was wearing a Phillies jersey. I'm like, Rick, what the fuck are you doing wearing a Phillies jersey? <laughs> I'm like, I've never seen you in anything other than a Yankees jersey, Adam. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> nice. It is very strange of him to be wearing a. He said he likes Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper's good. He's, he's, you know what? Uh, I was worried when they draft when I uh, not when they drafted him when they when they signed him on that big contract. I'm like, I don't know a lot about this guy, you know, but he's actually a really good. Like, he doesn't have a huge ego. Like, he's a very down to earth. Like, he just he plays the game and he tries to give it everything he has. He has big slumps at times, but he is very much a team oriented like player like he's all about that team and like trying to win and understands the city like he, he just gets it he's like the the player that you want on your team like for any kind of franchise like he's that kind of player which is cool but yeah it well, was funny what you need in certain cities yeah and it was funny because there was some people that were in the patio picnic area uh that was uh bought out by coca-cola at night 
and uh, that had Mets jerseys on because they were playing the Mets, the Buffalo Mets franchise, uh, their their okay. uh, farms farm team Triple and i was team. like nope can't serve you, you got no met no mets being served here tonight <laughs> the guy just left i'm just i was like i'm just messing with you man no it's <laughs> no worries but of course you know they uh they played a double header that day and uh they lost both <laughs> the red the uh iron pigs lost both games uh in the second game they got smoked like it was not even close they got crushed so, so yeah it was uh, not good What's that? That's that's a typical minor league doubleheader. Yep. Yeah. I've seen a lot of those. Well, yeah, and they do them. It's interesting because they do them at uh, seven innings. Like instead of nine, they do seven innings when they do doubleheaders. So they play two yeah, seven yeah. inning games. That was the uh, thing they did last year in MLB for the majors for the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're I think they're still doing it this year too. Doubleheaders are only seven innings. Yeah, I think they're doing it this sure. year as well. Darth Pat, are you awake? Can you tell us? <laughs> yeah, I think they have start. They're still doing seven inning doubleheaders this year, right? I think I'm yeah, right. Yeah, they've still been doing the seven yeah. inning doubleheaders. I hope that goes away next year, but we'll see. It's actually probably not a bad thing because the the fact that um, major uh, MLB games take so long, anyways, so it's probably not a bad thing for them to do seven inning doubleheaders. Even at the majors, but who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. I saw they're gonna. They're like exploring an outdoor outdoor NBA game, like fill the dreams baseball thing. They're like they're exploring like a possible Rucker Park is one that I've seen. Good. They should play that shit on blacktop. Go back. Go old school. That would be very very interesting with chain nets. No fucking no no cloth chain nets, man. Make oh, shit. seriously, I I would enjoy that, but the NBA people would be no no no. We don't want someone's finger getting caught and getting fucked up in the chain or any of that bullshit. You know, contracts awesome. and all that cra- crazy enough. They have no problems. I guarantee. But I would love no f- the chains though. I guarantee there won't be no fucking flopping on those courts. <laughs> I would love there to see the be. flops out there. There will be fucking if guys be coming up with fucking. And like fucking road rash on their arms and shit like that. <laughs> if there's if the pe- if there's people in the game who are capable of it, then they will they will still flop. So yeah. I haven't I haven't seen anything, but have they made those rules official? The ones that we talked about a couple weeks ago on the podcast. Um, the, uh, I don't think they think. I think they vote on them sometime this month. I believe. Okay. Yeah, I it's the end of this month. They vote on it because yeah, they go to. Any. They go to camp in, I think, the last week of this month or the first week of October. I forget. Did you, like did you see the – I don't know if you saw the – like I saw an interview with Paul Pierce and like they were talking to him about why, you know, when he got fired at ESPN. And he said <laughs> that when he worked for there, they, they told them that they had to talk about LeBron. And he's like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> they had to talk about LeBron. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the network's truly pumping LeBron down their throats. Yay. So it was it was interesting to hear him say that because he, you know, he hates LeBron. So I was like, this is fabulous. And he just came out and publicly said the network told us that we had to talk about him. He's like, I didn't want to do that. Yeah, he don't get a shit either. No, I don't us. think that's awesome. You know, it, it's and it's one thing, like we've talked we've talked about LeBron when it comes to basketball because he 
it's just one of those people you're going to end up talking about. But we don't make it a point to have to talk about him. We don't want to shove it down anybody's throat. But he's a person that comes up in pretty much any discussion when you talk about basketball. It's just going to happen. But the fact that these networks want to say, you have to talk about this person in this segment. Like, you can't let it go. And then the next segment, it's going to return about this. So you got to put LeBron. Like, that's that's over. Ratings and controversy. That's all it is. That's that's probably happening in the earpieces on Monday Night Raw. Make sure you public talk about Lashley more. Talk about Charlotte Flair more. Well, yeah, and see, that's like, yeah, we know that happens because Jr.'s come out and talked about it in his, in his uh, on his podcast and in other type of things that he's done. That Vince McMahon constantly is in people's ear, telling them what to say and stuff like that. And I couldn't imagine like you're trying to announce a match, you're trying to get this, you know, talk about the things that need to be talked about, and you got somebody yelling in your ear to tell you talk about this, talk about this. Like how I give those guys a lot of credit to be able to continuously talk and be able to listen <laughs> as they're being told to tell say other shit and, and don't forget this. And it's like, these yeah, guys are fucking professionals. For a while. Like, these guys are fucking professionals. Let them call the match. And when you go to commercial break, that's when you can, like, give them some t- talking points. Like, hey, don't forget to mention this. But it's, from what I understand, like what, like I said, from what JR said, it's constant. It, like, never stops. I, I don't know if they're doing it with Pat McAfee. I have not figured out if they're doing it with him yet because his stuff seems so like real and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's got that going on or if he just blocks them out. I don't know. I, it's hard to tell with him if he's, if they're doing it with him, maybe they did say you're going to go out and just be yourself. Just go out and be you. <laughs> now is he yeah, taking a risk to a announcer now? Too. Yeah. He's the smack. He's one of the SmackDown announcers, Jeremy. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, he was, he was that Joe sent this video in, in the other group chat I have. He sent this video and it was McAfee on Monday. And, you know, he, he doesn't like Adam Cole. And he's like, he's still a sleaze ball and he's still a piece <laughs> of shit, basically. But he's like, wow, that pop in Chicago the other night. He's like, wow, it was loud. <laughs> <laughs> still going to take that uh, storyline, even though he's not in the company anymore, and keep running with it. Pack Mac, if he oh, does. That's funny. That's funny. Pat, Pat what's jump- going on, buddy? What? What's going on, Pat? Yeah. Uh-huh. Feel like we're uh, leaving you out of the conversations this evening. Not trying talk, to. Talk to me, big guy. Tell me something. <clears throat> well, I'll say this. What do I you never desire? Really watched, I never really watched NXT. So I've not really seen a lot of Adam Cole. But I've read enough about Adam. I definitely understand where you, you're going to get your best value out of him if you're if he's on your wrestling television show. And a manager is not it. <laughs> Thank you, Pat. <laughs> that has to be the dumbest thing I've ever read other than them saying, and you don't really know who Thunder Rosa is, but supposedly they wanted her to be a referee. So what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, when, I, when I read that blurb this week that somebody, and I it's the last thing I saw about it said, 
It was either Vince or Pritchard. It's come from four different sources that is legit. Thought that the best usage they could get out of him as the on the main roster would be as a manager, and I just went two. Not even as, just a manager, a manager for Keith Lee on top of it. Yeah, as as yes, as, Jeremy. That was as, that was that was her plans for Adam Cole in the main roster. As Gordon Ramsay <laughs> likes to say from time to time, "You've lost the plot." <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I mean, first, first, first of all, yeah, having to be a manager for Keith Lee is ridiculous because of the size difference between the two guys. Now, obviously, anybody who would have managed for Keith Lee is going to be smaller than him, but to have it be somebody who's so smaller than him, it just, it, it, it looks dumb. You know, it's like if you're doing like a small big guy thing, it's like, you know, the small guy's the wrestler, the big guy's the enforcer type thing. Like AJ and Elmo is just mm-hmm. as one that's going on right now but like Shawn michaels and diesel back in the day that kind of shit um i also don't think cole's a good enough talker to be strictly a manager i think he's good on the mic but i think he's great on the mic eh, he's a nine out of, i'd give him i'd say he's a nine out of ten but um, he's just not, but he's also just not the type that strikes me as being um, like he really no, no, he's not a man. Could, could really be an effective manager. No, I don't. Not so. Not like, yeah, it's just when I when I read stories like that, I go, it's like, yeah, you know, I I keep saying, well, I don't really, I still don't really think there's a real true competition here, just because WWE is a global entity that's publicly traded that has all these you know deals and this that and the other thing, but. God damn, they're doing everything they can to make it a fucking fight by 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 doing stupid shit like this. And you know what? Maybe Adam Cole would have decided he wanted to go to AEW anyway, even if they had pitched him like, you know, um, we're going to give you a year right. and a half long reign as Universal Champion, you know? Um, yeah, maybe he still would have bolted. Um but, you gotta give him a better. You gotta give him something to sell him, though. That's not gonna sell him. Who's gonna say yes? That that's what I want. That's why I'm here. <laughs> right. Who who? How how could they possibly think? Oh, if we tell him we're gonna the the, the best way we can use the, the best usage we see for him on the main roster is as a manager. Well, that's definitely gonna get him to say because it's gonna be such good shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's and like i really don't have like a horse in this race if you speak i'm not going to be somebody who's going to be raw raw for wwe because I, I i really don't barely even watch their programming anymore you know the the new stuff you know i when i'm watching stuff i'm going back and i'm watching the old shit uh in AEW, i like some of what i see in AEW. there's a lot i don't like from what i see in AEW. um yeah, I just you can't let guys, e- even if you want to try to make the argument, oh well, we're, well, they're not really that well known. They're just niche talents. You know, they're only known to the smart fans or this or that. You still can't afford to let people like that just be like bailing from your company. So I, I don't know. 
I don't know what it is they have planned. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't know. Spot on with the minion. <laughs> I, I I don't know what it is that they really have in their plans. I don't know what it is they think that is going to put the buzz back for them. Legends so. night. Legends night. That's, Nobody that's cares the, about Legends night. I know, but that's on Monday. Like when I was driving home. I saw something, I sent it to Joe, and it said Vince called an emergency meeting with creative talent. And even before he had said anything, people were already like, here comes Legends Night, four hours later. Legends Night in two weeks. <laughs> just just bad. <laughs> and Brock Lesnar, unfortunately, for as much as people like Brock Lesnar, that's not going to swerve anybody. No. Because that's not going to do it. Do it for the whole product. It's only going to do only, it for one specific show. The only show. person that they can bring back that can do that is Dwayne, and Dwayne's going to come back for a week or two or a month, and he's not going to come back to stay. And they don't need they don't need short term something. They need some kind of long term like guy that they can say, okay, you're back for good. Like John Cena, it was cool that John Cena came back, but he came back for six weeks. Like, it's not like he's staying, and it was cool for the buzz, and they sold merchandise, and we got to see Cena, but he's gone again. So, like, they don't have anybody, like, that they can just go be like, here, Undertaker's too old. Shawn Michaels isn't going to wrestle anymore. Triple H just had fucking surgery or whatever, had an issue with his heart. So, they don't have, they don't have these people that they can just, and they haven't built up, they haven't built up the right people. So, they... So instead of a tag team title match, which we were supposed to have on Raw Monday night that they announced, now we changed it and we're going to have Lashley and Randy Orton fight for the world title. So, yep. so they yeah. Um, yeah. So this uh, is how we can put it for WWE right here. I can't say that again because, again, they have such you know, reserves and stuff built up through their international deals and, and stuff do. like that. I, I, yeah, don't, I, I wouldn't say they're doomed yet. I wouldn't go not, that. Yeah, it's not like they're in danger of going out of business if AEW were to start beating them in the ratings. This isn't like a repeat of the Monday Night Wars, but, you know, it could possibly conceivably get there if, you know, like USA and Fox were to start getting pissed off and we've heard little rumblings about yep. that. So yeah. <laughs> um but yep. yeah the, the 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 triple H thing when I saw that headline <laughs> I went uh <laughs> what that's what happens when you work 24 hours a day seven days a week. Well, well well that's the thing you know we can of course you can speculate as to what caused that and you'd probably be wrong about it and you're never gonna hear this whole thing and you know, you don't deserve to know the whole story anyway because it's somebody's private medical conditions and everything. But the first thing that went through my mind is, holy shit, Vince took away his toy and he got a hand, he had a fucking heart attack over it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, uh, I mean, like, that's not good. <laughs> uh, you know, it just uh, the, the whole situation seems to be a, a, a fucking mess right now. I just... And, and, and here's the thing, too, again, we always kind of, I think we had come to the conclusion that it was like, well, nothing's going to change until Vince dies and blah, blah, blah. And 
I'm not so sure that that's going to matter. I just they <laughs> they could be putting themselves in such a place where you know it just you know uh, and, you know they can they they might just like sell right away and you know it was like who knows who actually has like you know power and authority right now like you know because it, it, it's not really sounding like it's Triple H and Stephanie even anymore so. I, I just don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's 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 a very it's a very weird situation, and it's a situation that I really can't believe they're in because I just didn't see something like this happening. The the uh, did you see where Foley like said that the younger guys they don't want to go to WWE, they'd rather go to AEW right now, and like WWE wasn't happy with him for saying that. <laughs> Yeah, because he's well, they're right. He's right. You can't criticize the company. How dare you? And then Booker T like backed up Foley to boot. <laughs> Booker T like stood in Foley's corner on that one. Well, and Booker T uh, can definitely say that because he's got a lot. He's got the young guys coming up through his fucking gym. You know, yep. he knows where his guys want to go. Vince is a businessman. We we've we've talked about it. He's a businessman, and that's what he is. He's a dick. But he's a businessman, and sometimes you do need that businessman. And I don't know, you know, the other one has only been around for a couple of years, but Tony Khan seems like he cares. So, and I think when you when you per, people's perception of you is that, then you're you're more likable. And he may not make the right decision somewhere, Pat, because somebody's in his ear or whatever. But he gets picked on a lot. I see a lot of negative stuff about Tony Khan. He's a nerd and he's this. He's a huge wrestling mark. And these people. Yeah, Tony Khan gets picked on because, you know, he's the son of a of a of an ultra rich guy who looks like he got beat up every day at lunch, you know. (laughs) But like I watched the media scrum with Adam Cole. I watched the media scrum with CM Punk. Like those guys want to be there because Tony Khan seems genuine to them. Like, like Adam Cole and Tony Khan, like hugged each other at the end of the scrum, because Tony Khan said, you're the one person I was afraid of during the Wednesday night wars. And now you're on my team. So, and, and punk punk was the, the best thing punk said was he, he said that they asked him, they said, what do you, what do you think about Adam Cole and Brian Danielson coming here? And he's like, I don't mean to be lewd, but he's like, I got a boner. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's disgusting. It's that's, the people punk in... being, that's like punk being punk. Like that's yeah. him being himself. Yeah. And and the wrestlers in AEW are having fun. Most of them are. They are. I think they are having fun. Right now. Maybe uh, it may not be that way in two years, but right now. There has been Brian Cage's Cage, wife. Yeah. Okay, Brian Cage's wife yeah. is, is not happy. <laughs> so, so Brian Cage is also is not happy either. He's hasn't been very thrilled because I was listening to uh, Busted Open the other day and Bully Ray was talking about, you know, you could see in the faces watching TV shows. You could see in the faces of the guys on WWE are doing their job. They don't look like they're having fun doing it, but they're doing their job. Mm-hmm. Whereas in AEW, those guys are coming out and you could tell that they're having fun doing what they're doing. He goes, but, you know, 
uh, you know, there's still, you know, there's some rumblings going on in the back about, you know, several things going on, but it's, it's nothing that's going to be detrimental to the company or going to be flying off the internet, you know, you know, websites and all that. But, you know, he said, there's, there's some things going on in the, in the deep, deep back corner of AEW right now. And it seems like Brian Cage is, and his wife were, are one of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, so it's going to happen. You, you can't, you, you can't. You can't 100 avoid that. You know it's going to happen. Yeah. So would you? So would you guys say there's currently a shitstorm incoming at uh, WWE? I don't, know. I don't. I don't really know if there's a shitstorm because again, we don't know what they do. So that's the whole thing. But it's like, so six a year ago, six months ago, there was no, there was nothing like in the in the backdrop for WWE. Now there's some footsteps. They're not loud. They're, nobody's galloping yet, but there's some footsteps back behind them. They can hear and the I, footsteps a little bit. Right. And I don't mean a shitstorm coming from like an, like AEW. I just mean internally a shitstorm like at WWE. Um, yes and no. We'll see in regards to that. I think just it's the, the biggest thing is, is that WWE is not going to go back to any you know, ruthless aggression or any of that attitude shit. era and they don't need stuff. to they don't which need they to don't they, they they don't need to go that far back or that crazy like they used to um but they're all they are just more of, of a business than they are a professional wrestling company you know it's been like that for years but their main their main topic is families and kids because right now they're losing in the specific male dom- uh, demographic yes, they're to AEW. Demo, sure. <laughs> they're, they're losing, and they're going to keep losing because AEW is the, the new alternative, and it's pro wrestling, not pure sports entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's like 80% pro wrestling and 20% sports entertainment sprinkled in there, but they're doing a, a, a more of a pro wrestling show in regards to that. And, I might um, I might disagree on that breakdown, but but uh, that's fine. Um, but um, you know, if you're gonna go with the spot fest stuff, yeah, I get that part too. Um, but um, it's, it's not just spot fest. It's still, you, you still have a lot of ridiculous characters who would never in a million years be on WWE TV either. Well, I mean, you have a repo man, so I wouldn't put it past any <laughs> organization to do stuff like that in Red Rooster, but. AEW's for males. AEW's for is for us. It's not for kids. They don't give a shit. Yeah, but those those are bad gimmicks, you know. But well, still though, that's what they did. Um, AEW's just not for families. You could take a family there. You could take your kids there. I've seen kids there. I take my son there, but it's not meant for that. And you could definitely tell it's not meant for that based off MJF's. Crazy yeah, ass his, his, heat his promo his, he did his, on Wednesday night. His, his, pro, his promo on Wednesday went too far. I but here, about here, here's on the flip side. There's a lot of people who don't like it, and a lot of people who didn't really mind. But at the end of the day, MJF still had to get approval from Pillman, his sister, and his aunt to even go that far. Well, so I if know, they, but it's, if, it's, if they allow it, it's kind of like, uh, yeah. it was very, it was very. Uh, Bubba it's... Ray, he wavy, Joe. Right. Well, that was dead. Yeah, was no, it definitely that was, was. 
that was the thought that I had going through my head the whole time watching it. I'm like, it almost felt like it was a ripoff of that, especially uh-huh. when he, especially when he starts doing the whole, oh, you want me to come down there part? And I'm just like, no, no, no. I so- mean, flattery, that sometimes that's the best, like, like I saw, so I saw a, like a two minute thing and somebody took actual sequences from the Darby Allen CM Punk match and the Bret Hart one, two, three kid match. And there were four sequences that were done exactly in both matches. That's not bad. That just means CM Punk went back and said, Hey, I remember Bret doing this. This stuff is cool. And that, that that's mimicking something too. And I don't think that that was bad. And they were exact sequences, guys. I, I saw the video. It was move so for move. I. The exact so stuff. But that's yeah, good. Bret Hart's one of the best wrestlers of all time. You want to go back 20 years and steal here, a little bit of his match? Here's the problem, though. A wrestling match and a promo are, are poor opposites. Especially Heat Wave back in the 90s compared to all the shit going on politically correct in the world right now to start bringing up abortions and <laughs> shit on national television yeah yeah jeremy it went, it went it went that far so um and what was the other thing i i laughed at it because i thought it was funny but i was like oh man you're going too far well, he, said, he started well, talking about his talking about his mom's like producing drugs. babies and the one she, she did do is she did swallow <laughs> when it came oh. to you and i was just like oh my god um, yeah, I did chuckle because it was funny at first because it brought me back to the 90s. But at the so, same point, I was like, oh, shit, he's going to get fucking ringed for that. But MJF doesn't give a shit either. He'll take the he'll take the hardcore heat like that. And well, just yeah, but, but, with but, it. But, but again, as with the Nick Gage incident, if you get a sponsor pissed off, all it takes is one or two, and they're on more tenuous ground than WWE would be or something like that. So they do need to be a little careful with shit like that. So, well, the the pizza thing though, that's on the network. That's not on AEW. That's TNT's fault. Yeah. So they're the one who rearranges the commercials that show at each commercial break. So, as much as a lot of us would love for WWE to go back to this day. You know, where they're fucking <laughs> <laughs> Or, you know, uh, a little bit of, matches? you know, Tori Wilson doing that. You know, it's, it's you know, we're we're not in that day and age anymore. Like, those days are gone, uh, by far gone in the WWE. Though well, they the were fun days. Well, the women can actually wrestle now. So, that the women can actually wrestle now. So Right. Yeah, so we don't <laughs> need the wet too. t-shirt contest match. <laughs> oh, and, and, and real, real quick, um, since you mentioned women wrestling, uh, so I guess from reading it, it sounds like they actually did make this Becky heel turn work. You know what? Her promo was actually good last night. I'll give her credit. And I'm the last person that wants to give her credit. Oh, her he's promo, joining the Becky train. Her, <laughs> I, feel like she stole, I feel like she stole Seth Rollins' shit. She had this big red fur mink coat on and she had oh. these awful glasses on last night, but she like made it work. Bianca's terrible too. So like nothing can be worse than Bianca at this point. So well, I, I was just discussing from the point of view that from the recaps I read, it sounds like that the end from a couple of short clips I watched that they were booing Becky and cheering Bianca, yeah, which, they- I, which I just assumed would be a very hard thing for them to pull off. Sounds like so far they have. So hey. she stole some assessed drip. Yeah. Maybe that's all it took. 
Seth was like, hey, I got something for you, babe. I got something for you. Try this shit. It'll he, work. He already gave her the drip, all right? <laughs> yes, he did. But this is a different kind of drip. So... He, he, he already gave her his juice, you know? So, so it, I, the promo was good. So, like, I, I, you know, I don't, if I don't like somebody, but the promo's still good, I'm not going to discredit them. So, I, I, I texted Jay last night. I said, this, this might be the best Becky promo I've ever seen. So, CM Punk's good. promo was really good the other night, Joe, when he used Taz line against him. Oh, yeah, he did. That was yeah, sweet. <laughs> Taz, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Taz oversold the shit out of that, though. He did. What you oh my God! I can't believe this. He used my catchphrase. What does he, he think he is? What does he think he is? Oh, I'm getting get hot over this, Jr. Jr. I'm getting hot over this. Get hot over this, Jr. He, he definitely oversold it. Like su- super oversold it. That's it's 100 for Ricky Starks because when Punk got there, there was already rumblings of him working with Ricky Starks. So it's 100 because they want to put him in a program with Ricky Starks. So they think Starks is a star in the making. And I think being with Punk will help him. I'm, I'm going to be real curious. And I think October, it's a, I may know it's November when they're in Long Island. I want to see if MJF gets a pop in his hometown. I'm curious because he's such a heel. So he <laughs> I guarantee you will. But then he he's going to shit on them. <laughs> He probably will, but he'll still get a pop. I think that's going to happen. Still think he'll get a and, pop from it. And like, Jeremy, because you don't like, I don't know if Joe told you on the lat when you guys did it last week on Rampage, or it was either Dynamite or Rampage, where Miro, like Rusev's character, he's the redeemer, and the guy Eddie Kingston was fighting him was like, redeem these nuts. <laughs> nice. And they have a and they shirt made, already. They they got that shirt out already that says "Redeem These Nuts." Came out that night. So I had to find a pic of this coat that she was wearing, and yes. those, those sunglasses are ridiculous. Like they're yes. almost the size of her face. But you know what? <laughs> Love the jacket though. Yeah, the jacket's cool. Get, that's how you get heat, though. You come up with the most ridiculous-looking costume, and you get heat. Just ask the young bucks; they've been doing it for two months. So. Yes, that's it was a nice jacket. Glasses were a bit much, but <laughs> but it's good. It's ridiculous good, not ridiculous bad. Yeah, so. oh, it is ridiculously good. <laughs> See, I, I watch. I want to see most of Dynamite on Wednesday. Um, I definitely didn't watch the boxing match at the end because I just didn't give a shit about watching they wrestling. Beat crap out of each other. So yeah. Um, one part of the show that I did not like was when the elite came out for their promo. Okay, well, uh, I thought that that was awesome. Here, here, here's here's why. First of all, Cole has to get heat on an announcer. Why? Stupid. He's never going to wrestle the announcer. I know that they've been doing the whole thing for months with Shivani and and Brett, but for Cole to even acknowledge it as a way to just try to get heat on himself because he's picking on poor Tony Shivani, who everybody likes, kind of stupid. Um, not everybody needed to talk during that promo, but I think Omega should have been allowed to talk longer before Brian came out. And then once Brian came out and they had the inevitable beatdown, I was glad to see that guys were coming out to help him and everything. 
because you know endless you know heel gang on one face beatdowns uh gets uh tiresome but once again i did not need to see fucking marco stunt come down as if he's going to be able to do anything <laughs> against <laughs> any even against i knew he was going with the marco stunt thing even against the bucks who are smaller guys it's like I'm supposed to be scared when I see that fucker come running down the fucking aisle. And then, and, and, then, and, of, course, and of course, and of course, Brandon, Brandon Cutlet with his, uh, you know, with his spray thing. Yes. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go Cornette on him too. Cause I think he's a waste of time. Cornette calls him Brandon Cutlet. So I, I think that's funny enough, but I, what I'm saying is I wanted to hear the heels talk a little bit longer before Brian inevitably came and interrupted. I mean, that's so, fair. And Brian's, yeah. Brian's there on the mic. He's he's nothing special, so he's never really been anything special. He's going to come out and do what he's supposed to do, and that's it. So yeah, I just I mean, like that was like one of the big moments okay. of of the pay per view. That's fair. That's fair. So Pat. I felt like didn't enough. get enough time for them to follow up on it on the next show. That's basically what it was. Okay. Um, I mean, I I definitely like other than MJF going too far in the promo. I really liked most of that stuff between him and Pillman um maybe this will give pillman a chance to you know shine a little bit because no offense to his tag team partner but his tag team partner is just you know a, he's an idiot he, he he is uh he is as they said from the uh the old monty python uh routine he's basically a wafer thin mint you know he's, he's a wafer thin mint oh he's He's a, swizzle, he's a swizzle stick. He's a nothing. He's, he's, a, he's a piece hey, of cardboard. I like swizzle sticks. He's a, he's, a piece, he's a piece of cardboard if you're looking at him from the right angle. You won't see him. So it just, you know, I don't, I don't think much of him. So I'm, I would like to see a, a, a program between MJF and Pillman. But I also, of course, was seeing like the advertisements for Cody coming back again. And I just went, oh, can't he just stay away? Dude. Pat, do you not like do you not like Don Callis? He's annoying. He's he's, he's just annoying. But I mean, I, I remember he talks I remember, too much I, a lot I, of the time. I I remember hearing him when like they put him on the mic in like the last year or so of ECW, and I thought he was kind of funny and stuff then. But now he's just he, he just comes off as annoying and unnecessary. So I feel like that's when when Kenny first won the belt, Callis annoyed me. Because he was he was like talking when Kenny should be talking, that's like leveled off. He doesn't talk as much as he used to. So and he's he's a stooge. Like when Christian calls him a carny piece of shit, that's exactly what Don Callis is. He's a carny piece of shit. So the whole thing that is is if he's not going to talk, then there's no point in him being there. They they have enough stooges. So they need to get rid of Gallows. Anderson can stay, but Gallows, I get rid of him. They're going to get rid of them because Adam Cole has not referenced either of them yet. So I feel like they're going to get rid of them. <laughs> well, they're technically not on the AEW roster for one thing, right? Right. Nope. They are not. <laughs> and so what have they actually done? I know Anderson had a match against, wasn't it Moxley a few weeks back? But just, it seems like they're they're they serve absolutely no purpose. They're so. stooges. That's all they are. And I, I do think because Cole keeps not referencing them, some of that's gonna the whole thing with with Cole now is what's they're gonna slow burn this for two years, but he's gonna turn on them eventually, and that's gonna be their, their biggest storyline they're gonna have because they kicked him out of the bullet club. 
and all the hardcore wrestling fans know that happened. So eventually he's going to turn and that's going to be a huge thing for them when he turns on the elite. Cause it'll happen. Right, Joe, it's going to happen. It might be two years from now, but that's a huge, it'll be a slow burn for that. It'll be him versus mega. Here's my thing with the Tony Schiavone thing. I get where Pat's coming from. Here's my thing with it. Not that I was, it didn't bother me either way, but to reference that, what's the end game? Is this just a one-time thing where he says this and that's it? Because if it is, then it was like, you got cheap heat. Okay, great. It made more sense to me if there's an end game for it, especially if Britt was like, somehow becomes part of the elite as the yes. female, <laughs> she, you know, she, the female wrestler of the elite, that would make more sense if they do something down the road with that. But if this is like a one-time thing, then it's kind of like, okay, cool. You yelled at him and that did what people booed you. That's what you wanted. Great. One-time thing. Awesome. It kind of sucks. Cause I would like to see something more done with that than just yelling at an old dude <laughs> one time and being done. She could Not be- that I'm, she could be, they could put her in the elite. I don't know if they would, but they could. But I don't think that's a storyline they really have to. No, I don't, I don't really want her have to do together. as well. I don't really want her because when Becky and Seth were together, it was stupid. So it basically, it, it basically uh, ruined uh, Seth's heel, uh, face run right there. Yeah, so I, don't, I don't think they're ever going to put those two back together again either. It was because, well, it was, well, that was for two reasons. One was because she was more over than he was. And two was because they put him up against Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans, who have only ever had go away heat. So, yeah. So, Pat, I'm assuming you saw the uh, – not that we, – we don't know what to make of it, but you saw the thing where Kevin Owens, like, tweeted the tweeted the uh, coordinates for Mount Rushmore and then took it off, and that used to be the name of his faction with Adam Cole and the Bucks. My opinion on that is this. He probably can't get any better than what he is in WWE right now. I don't know about right now. They took his match. Uh, he wasn't even on TV last night. He was supposed okay. to be um, No, no let, let me rephrase that. He probably can't get better on WWE than he already has been. Correct. That's like, true. Like, like, I don't think he'll ever get backed up to, like, carrying a belt. Right. Or nope. carrying, the, uh, carrying one of the top belts. Um, he's not the type of big man Vince McMahon wants right now. Oh, it's it's just I, I just can't see him getting there. Um, I don't think that going to AEW now. No. I don't even know. I don't even know if going to AEW in four to six months is a good idea either. We'll have to see. We'll have to kind of see what AEW does. He could go to AEW and just be another guy. And not too much different than what he's doing in WWE right now. And I'm sure he's going to get paid more. Well, maybe not, but one would think he'd, he'd probably same. get paid better in WWE. Um, so I, I honestly think that he should, you know, maybe he should just go away for a few months, rest, heal up, and then make a decision. Just kind of wait to see where things go. But I don't think him jumping to AEW would be a good idea. Not right now. Not not even in the next six months. That's I. I that's where when when it comes up, that's what I want. So it all depends on where AEW's at that time. 
what story yeah, lines really, it really depends on what they're doing and everything so I, that's why it's like that's why i think that like if, it, if his contract is truly running out which means that there would not be a you know a 90-day clause or anything i think he should just kind of step take a couple steps back take a couple months off and kind of evaluate the situation you know you know put feelers out say okay if you want me to come in what do you think you're going to do with me and blah 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 because if he's a truly a free agent then he really holds the cards so i just all my he's the only one left of like my favorite wrestlers he's the only one left really in wwe like of my top like five all the rest of them are there now so he's the only one left so for me personally most of the people I like would be there. So I actually, I actually wouldn't mind seeing him move to Raw right now. Uh, I know, I know, I know you don't like the other guy, but considering that it seems as if they've run out of people for Lashley to work with, Lashley Owens could be an interesting story. When they could put on some, I think they could put on some decent matches. So well, yeah, I mean, I mean, Owens doesn't have bad matches with anybody. So I just right, that's what I mean. So I think he'd be a good guy to maybe work he's with. Maybe get traded. Maybe he'll get traded then because I, you know, well, well, the, the the draft is in like three weeks. I think. Yes. So, and they have to move Drew to SmackDown. <laughs> he is so pointless on Raw right now with that clause and everything. So. I mean, yeah, they could always rewrite that in, in an instant. And but I think Edge, I think, I think moving Edge just back down. I think Edge is going to Raw. I think he got hurt. They wrote him off TV, and he's going to get drafted to Raw. Edge Edge can take a few months off, though. I mean, like they could still draft him to Raw, yeah, but he doesn't like have to show up on Raw right away. So we can talk about football or something else. We talked about wrestling enough. Pat Pat even chimed in, so I wanted Pat. I was hoping Pat would chime in at least. All right, so we have yes. So this week kicked off the official start of the NFL season, uh, and this is uh, something I've been waiting to talk about. So I'm glad we uh, have a uh, got together today and and get a chance to talk about this. Uh. I'm losing my train of thought here. I had, I had everything in my head. and, and uh, So Thursday was the official first game of the NFL season, which was saw the Dallas Cowboys take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, which two teams I don't really give two shits about. Like uh, Cowboys, I really don't care because they're in the NFC East. What about uh, so, three? What's that? What about three? You said you, you said you don't really give two shits about them, but do you give three shits? Maybe three. Maybe I'll, I, I won't give two, but I'll give them three. Okay. Just wanted um, to make sure I understood the shit ratio. Okay. Uh, <laughs> two poopers or three poopers? We're on a scale of, of a half a poop. We could do half poops. We could do two and a half poops, three and a half poops. So, um, but I was looking up some stats, and it was just – it was – very interesting. Did I get rid of my stats? Yes, I did. I did watch the game Thursday night. So I just wanted to just, watch. Football. I'm going to pull them up so we can all just kind of take a look at them here. Gronk, Gronk was picking up where he left off in the Super Bowl. Yes, yes, he was. God, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you hate him, Pat? He's awesome. <laughs> Knuckleheaded idiot. He's made a bunch of. Very, very sexist comments in the past. 
I just there's actually is a lot of people that love him, and there's people that don't like him either. Yeah, he, he, he he rubs me the wrong way. I think the funniest thing I ever saw with Gronk was when uh, Cena did the uh, spoof of him on SNL. All right, so he does good commercials though. I love Gronk's commercials. So you know, as we can see, you know the, the Buccaneers did win. They don't, they barely won, but they did win. A win is a win. Game. So, especially in the NFL, even with an additional game. Um, yep. Dak Prescott threw for almost sixty times. To- he almost threw sixty times. It was freaking crazy. Like that's an absorbent amount of freaking passing uh, for any yeah. quarterback. Um, but this is the one stat, and I wish I could draw right here. This stat I absolutely love. Ezekiel Elliott here, eleven carries for thirty-three yards with an average of three yards per carry. You're not going to win a game. This. What's that? You're not going to win that game. <laughs> You're <laughs> no. not winning. So here's why I love this. One, teams get so away from the run to control the clock. That's the whole purpose of the run. Your runner is not, you know, if you have a great runner and they get 100 yards, great, you know. But the run, the purpose of the run is to control the clock so that the other team can't get back on the field as fast. Especially um, when it's Tom Brady. Yeah, especially when you're playing against Tom Brady. It's kind of the smart thing to do. But Mike McCarthy is their coach. So I don't expect a lot of smart from Mike McCarthy. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't either. I'll agree or dare me on that. So, but what I really love about this stat is Ezekiel Elliott from the time that he came into the league and except for the, um, the year that he had the, you know, the legal problems, okay? It's always been Ezekiel Elliott is an, is an elite running back. He's this, he's that, he's that. And I told my brothers and my, and my dad when, when he first entered the league and was just tearing it up and doing really good, I said, give it a couple years. I said, wait until he has a different offensive line. Wait until he has a line that is not as good as it is, and then let's see how good he is. Because my defin- my, how I like to judge running backs, okay, is I like, to, I like to see, okay, they're good. But when they have a, only an okay line or they've got a line that's shit, for blocking how good are they then because that's the tr- tell in my personal opinion of a true running back like a really good running back to give you two examples now these are kind of ex- exorbitant examples but these are really good examples walter payton and barry sanders they both and, and joe can speak for uh walt payton and most of us have seen barry sanders play and know the detroit lions the detroit lions for the most part pretty much had shit lines i mean there's how many times that barry sanders was caught in the backfield and broke it for a good five yards, you know, or 20. Yeah. Or 20 sometimes, you know, so it, it it's, that's the, tr- in my, like I said, in my personal opinion, that's the true mark of a really good running back an elite running back. So all this fucking feed me more, more bullshit that I always saw Ezekiel doing. That was great when he was fucking behind a monster line and was getting five, six yards to carry. But what is he doing now? Now I think it's the time where we're going to see, how good he really actually is. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I get a lot of shit when I put Barry Sanders ahead of Emmett Smith. Oh, so many people get on my case for that. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not surprised. I mean, come on now. Barry Sanders could have broke Walter Payton's record too. A lot easier and a lot quicker than um, Emmett Smith would have. But he decided to retire. Um, and I think Barry Sanders could have played definitely a lot longer than um, Emmett Smith could have as well with those shitty lines that he played <laughs> he played uh, uh, in front of for the most part 
So yeah, you know, Emma Smith had the, what, first year, second year, wasn't great offensive lines. And they started getting all those pro bowlers for like seven, eight years or whatever the hell it was he has. Yeah, that helps helps you uh, open holes to get into the second, uh, second and third phase of the defense. Yeah. Where you, all your rushing, uh, all your yards from scrimmage come from. Yeah. And Tom Brady threw for eight less passes and almost had the same amount of yards. And Leonard uh, Fournette carried two less times and had one less yard. Yeah. The, I, it was just crazy how no one ran in that game Thursday night. Yeah. I have Leonard Fournette on my fancy team. I'm like, man, give this kind of ball. Leonard Fournette's a beast. <laughs> nope. Nine carries for 32 yards. I'm like, Jesus effing Christ. Yeah, it's, it. it's just you can really see that the league has really gone to it's a passing league for sure. Like it's it's definitely gone away from the run as far as like what it's what it's meant to be. Uh, and it's really gone to a passing league. And that's why the games are so much seem to be so much faster and drug out more like NFL games take a longer time now. I feel like you're at least you're you're easily pushing to three hour mark where sometimes you get done in two and a half hours. You're easily passing that pushing that three three hour mark, if not maybe a little longer, depending on yeah. the game. No, um, because well, every time there's a miss pass, the throw. freaking clock stops. You know, every drop ball, there's a, the clock stops. So it's, it just gets sometimes to be a little much. And that's from coming somebody. I love football. I mean, hell, I broke out the Reggie White jersey for our first <laughs> official podcast, the NFL season, you know. And that, so it's just, okay. it, it, it's, uh, you know, you, you, you want to be able to watch football, but you don't want it to drag out either. Um, and that's why I've always had a hard time watching baseball uh, because it always, so it feels so drug out at times, but going into Saturday, uh, Sunday, which is tomorrow, uh, as we record this on Saturday night, um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I'm My excited. team plays Pat's team. What's that? My team, the Broncos play the Giants. Oh, the Broncos and the Giants. Is that so, in New yeah, York we'll or Denver? That... That's in New York. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. And um... is Saquon playing that game, Pat? He's listed as questionable. I think he's going to have to play. <clears throat> I guess I guess Engram's out. So. Uh... No. It'll be. It'll be. I. 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 I, I really have. Um, I little faith in them right now for a few reasons, but we'll wait and see what actually happens out on the field. Yeah, hopefully they'll be good. Um, I. I can tell you as an Eagles fan, I. Um, I. I don't know. They want to say how good they are, uh, and I was listening to WIP. You know the one of the Philly stations, and they're like some of the 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 now like the broadcasters and stuff like that and the analysts they're like yeah the eagles could easily be between be between an eight and a ten win team i'm like 10 wins is pushing it i think i think 10 wins is really pushing the eagles uh maybe eight like a max of eight i'm still sticking with my seven wins i'm still thinking they're going seven and ten i think i think to say easily could be an eight to ten win team the worst word there is easily <laughs> like, I'm not saying they can't win eight to ten games. I'm just saying it wouldn't be easily. Well, and the thing that they're trying to say, and 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 I have a tendency to agree a little bit, is that you know you have six, you have six games in the NFC East. But what they're failing to remember is that 
Washington has a really good defense. So unless your offense is going to be that spectacular, which I just don't see it yet. I mean, I got to see. I'm gonna, I'll find out tomorrow. We'll, we'll see tomorrow. You got to be able to beat Washington's defense. You know they're not going to put up a lot of points, but you got to be able to beat their defense, which is going to be a tough ta- task. The Giants and the Eagles, when those two teams play, that's going to be a fucking toss-up. You just don't know who's going to win those games. That, that could be either team um, because I, I kind of feel they're even as far as their abilities and talent. And when it comes to the Cowboys, they put a fucking 39 points. 29. Uh, 29, sorry, 29. Uh, now I'm going off the rails. They put up 29 points on the the Buccaneers who have a very good defense. Now, I don't know how they played yesterday. Evidently not that great if they put that a lot of 29 points, but still. Yeah. I mean, they didn't play that great. I think they lost one of their – I don't know what the injury was, but their their cornerback, uh, I forget what his name was, he got injured um, in the really first quarter. And it was, just a, it was just the weirdest play. You know, Prescott throws to the corner. Wide receivers going in. The guy from Tampa Bay reaches around and tries to punch. As he's doing it, his teammate comes up. His arm got smashed in between both players, Ugh. and like his his momentum, the way the player was going, it just looked like he had a dislocated elbow because his arm like was just like a twig. It would, it just twisted, it Ugh. bent in a way that was just like, oh shit, that, that looks hurts. fucking gruesome. And then like he rolled and laid on the ground, you could see his arm was just like, just there. And I was like, oh shit, that's probably a lot bad. That's a lot worse than what it it looked. I would really, like to say we're going to be ESPN time. here. Uh, please make sure that there are no young children watching. But I don't want to see that. Like I really have no interest in seeing a guy's like arm dangle and flop around. Yeah, they showed the replay. And I was like, oh shit, that's what happened. Because he was just like holding his. They had him like holding his arm and like secure and walking off the field. I'm like, I didn't check to see how bad it was, but it did not look good because he was on the field for a little bit before they uh got him to sit up and take him off the field. Yeah, yeah was, his body was, was probably uh, in shock, would be my oof, guess. Oof. So, yeah, yeah, it was one so, of those weird things. So when the Eagles play the Dallas Cowboys, it's like, okay, are you going to get the Dallas Cowboys that are going to put up 30 points easily, or are you going to get the Dallas Cowboys that can't, you know, find their fucking way out of, a, you know, a tunnel, an easy uh, lit tunnel, you know. Uh, you just never know what you're going to get. So... It's going to be interesting, but I, I, I have, I'm hard pressed to say that they're an easy eight win game, eight, eight win team, especially ten. Like that's like I think really pushing it. They're definitely, in my opinion, not a playoff team, but it, you just never know. Anything can fucking happen. It is the NFL, and you see some really weird shit happen throughout the year. So, what yeah. about Denver? What are you thinking with Denver there, AJ? Uh, I don't. I don't. I, I when we made predictions, I said nine and eight, so nine and eight, eight and nine. They have an easy. They actually have the easiest schedule in the NFL, I think, based on last last year's records. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean shit. I mean, Von Miller is going to be healthy this year. If he doesn't get hurt again, then they're going to have a defense. So I don't think they're going to have to score thirty points to win. And they still don't have a. They still don't have a quarterback yet, like a legit quarterback. No, they don't. That's the biggest problem. So I got their rookie running back on my team. 
I took, uh, let me see. I got to get his name because I cannot remember his fucking name. Uh, was it Javon Williams? Javante Williams. So I took him. So we'll see. Hopefully he puts up some numbers. We'll trade you Andy Dalton so Justin Fields can start. <laughs> you can have Andy Dalton. That's where uh, Justin I'll... Fields to start. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. We'll, we'll see, see how Andy Dalton plays. I, I don't know. I'm worried about Sunday night because we got to play the Rams. I don't think Darnold's playing, but still, the rest of that defense is good. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'm not going to hold my breath, but I'm going to be hopeful. Yeah, so it sounds like the Giants are going to have their hands full um, with the uh, Broncos, especially if uh, Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> yeah. Teddy Bridgewater versus Daniel Jones. Well, no, I'm, I'm thinking on the defensive side for the Denver Broncos. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, They're going to have their hands full of their defense. Because I, 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 the name that, uh, and it said that, what's his name again? Uh, Von Miller. Von Miller, like, uh, Von Miller's fucking good. He's like you beast. said, he, he's, beast. he's, he's been injured, which is, hurts him, you know, and hurts the, the Denver Broncos. But, uh, so, it sounds like all our teams are going to have an interesting uh, Sunday of football. And uh, this first game could definitely determine uh, how well the season's going to go. It's very possible that all four of our teams are not are going to finish below 500. That's very possible. That is very possible. <laughs> Especially with uh, the, the Super Bears possible. dilemmas of quarterback. They don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback and – None of them are really a great choice, but one is better than the others. So, just wasting <laughs> all that defensive talent for no fucking reason. That's <sighs> kind of like where nobody, nobody on here is like seems really super excited. You, you want to watch football, but none of us is like, oh shit, <laughs> my team's going to the playoffs. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all like, yeah. but none of us. But see, that's the thing. Like, none of us. I, I look at our collective group of teams that we like um, as far as football and none of our, our front runner team likers, like none of us like the front runners, like none of us are Tampa Bay fans. None of us are um, the, Chiefs. Know, the Chiefs or, you know, any of those other teams that like, you know, on a pretty much year to year basis, they're a good contender to make the playoffs. Like none like, of us are those front. I mean, teams. I'm 100% rooting for the Chiefs tomorrow because they're playing the clouds. Well, so yeah, okay. I just, all I need is the Browns to win this game because then they're going to the Super Bowl if they win this game tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and let's make the Super Bowl banners now, week one, baby. So because because the the fuck guys lost today, everybody here's gotta get the Browns bandwagon now. So <laughs> yes, they yeah. did that. It is what it is. We'll see how this weekend goes. <laughs> Pat must be hurting. <laughs> Pat's shaking his head. His head's hurting. What happened, Pat? Nothing. I'm just. He likes to shake his head. Thinking of Ohio State fam. But... <laughs> <laughs> Nobody... no, I... See, it's it's funny. Everybody in the nation hates Ohio State fans, except for Ohio State fans. They love each other. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody oh, else is so like, funny. uh, uh, hate State, you. I hate them. <laughs> there's there's a lot of college football teams i do not like i think the buckeyes have the worst fans in college football like if i if i can pick one team to vote in, and i see it every week and i see it every fucking all season 
I think they have the worst fans in college football. And I've read books. I've read some books about college football and I've had like guys from other, you know, I've read other, like a, a guy from USC wrote a book and was talking about how the fans in Michigan were not nearly as raucous and rude and assholey as the fans in shit bus. So I've, I've read other people not, it's not just me. Cause I live here and I hate the Buckeyes. I've, I've read other things where they've said that the Buckeyes fans are pretty bad. So yeah. I wish I could find it. Somebody posted on Facebook. It was, uh, we're all, uh, it was like the O with, but it was the green and orange, uh, green and yellow O, which is for Oregon tonight. We're all Oregon fans. Cause they were, I, I guess that's who they were playing. Well, Buckeyes I saw a Oregon. video of like one of the yeah. band people from Ohio state tripping when he came out of the entryway today, like he completely like face planted. <laughs> nice. And they were like, maybe we should have taken this as an omen. No. <laughs> Well, you know that uh, who's their coach? I can't even think of who's the Buckeyes coach right now. Uh oh, I lost my audio. Say it again, AJ. His name's Ryan Day. Oh, Ryan Day. Oh, that that's right. Uh, what's his name left? Yeah, he coaches Jacksonville. Yeah, that's right. He got out before he could get indicted for anything. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, it doesn't matter now because now they can do all that shit now. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm, so. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. But, uh, which so. is like, like my brothers are like, said they're not watching college football anymore because they think it's stupid that these guys are getting $5 million and they haven't done shit. Well, wow. you can blame the people who are sponsoring them then. <laughs> Pretty much. So they so That's... the NCAA has uh, approved. Oh yeah, players. Paid. Oh yeah, these kids are getting paid. They're they're signing contracts. The the coach, mm -hmm. the quarterback from Ohio State's driving a Lamborghini around. Yep. See and see. So just to, a quick thought before we go into our Mount Rushmore. That's right, baby. Mount Rushmore is back. We got an interesting one for you guys. Um, I'm all about players getting paid. Okay, I, I, I think they should because none of none of these guys that are playing um in college should have to starve. I don't I, don't, I agree. I just think it needs to be more controlled. Exactly. It should be controlled. It should be like, okay, all players are gonna receive fifty thousand dollars. You know, whatever they come up with. But nobody nobody as far as a college player should be making multi-million dollar contract deals. Like, that's absurd. Like your brother said, they haven't done anything yet. They are not They are not a professional player yet. Like, and I get it. These kids could end, their career could end at any fucking time. And then they're shit out of luck. on it. But they're also there to get an education. And I know some people will be like, an education. Yeah, they're getting an education. <laughs> they're supposed to be getting an education. <laughs> That's like a that's, key word in that sentence, supposed to right. be. Right, and, and that's why I threw that in there. They are supposed to be getting an education, so they're supposed to be able to, if their career does not pan out, then they have the education to fall back on and do something with that. But the problem is, is that, as we know, a lot of these kids are not fucking getting the education. They're not even staying in school long enough to get the education. They get their, what, two-year minimum or is it three? I think it's three. They got to, I think they got to be 22 in order to yeah, be eligible they, for the draft. They're supposed to be three years. Yeah. So they're getting their three years in uh, a lot of these kids going to the draft, getting signed, 
Um, some of them, not all of them, very, it's, you know, small amount. And Darth Pat's falling asleep on us. Wake up, bitch. <laughs> he thinks, he He's thinks, just we're, at, he thinks we're at WrestleMania. <laughs> so it's just, it, it's, abs- it's just, it's absolutely insane that anybody at the college level should make $5 million playing football. Like essentially you're, you're essentially taking the whole purpose of them getting to the NFL out of it, paying them that much money. Like why, if I'm going to make $5 million when I'm in college and I can fucking, I can, I can retire on that shit. I'm done. I'm fucking, I did my four years. I got my education. I got $5 million. I'm fucking retired. I don't have to work another day in my fucking life ever. Yeah. Some of these kids aren't smart with their money. They probably blow it in two years. Well, I'm sure they do. <laughs> or a couple months. I'm sure they do. Way. I'm sure they find figure out ways, but legitimately, if they were smart, five they never have to work another fucking day in their life. They legitimately don't. Now, if they really love the game, and that's the other thing, I think you're taking the love out of the game, the whole passion, the purpose of actually playing, it is is lost in now college. It'll be lost. Like, they're, what are they playing for? They're already getting paid. They're not the what, national title. Don't mean nothing to them anymore. It's it's not as meaningful anymore. I don't believe. So. It's just crazy. You know what I think? You know what I think is crazy? Yes, go ahead. But saying that you're not going to watch the game anymore because guys are getting paid. Well, that wasn't. Well, I, you know, I know. What, no, I'm not saying you said that. That's why AJ said that. Friends, because you're saying, and I just, I find that to be ludicrous. Yeah, I would still watch because hey, if I'm if I'm a college football fan, I'm watching college football. I don't care if they're getting paid or not. I want to watch my team play. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just, I I, I don't, I've never understood the concept of somebody else is getting something. So I'm not going to participate. It just makes no sense to me. Yeah. Cause your decision to do that doesn't affect the bottom line of them still getting paid. They're still going to get paid whether you watch the game or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. So it's, it, it is an interesting thought. And I've heard so many people like say that, oh, I'm done watching this. Like, okay, well, then you're losing out on getting to watch something cool. But, you know, that's right. And it's like, what if you're buying a product that they're like endorsing them to? You're, you're, you're indirectly paying them. So it's not, it's, not just, a, it's not just a football players, me and, and basketball players, but it's the other sports too. Like the college baseball players have been signing contracts and the soccer mm-hmm. players for men and women's been signing contracts. Um, a couple track and field people I've seen, you know, high profile track and field college athletes to sign some contracts. Well, and here's the interesting um, thing. Those people that get paid in college for like that are eligible for, they, they can't go in the Olympics ever. Nope. Not in those sports, at least like track and field. Nope. If you get paid in a college for track and field, you're <laughs> fuck ever going to the Olympics. You can't go. Yeah. You know, there's, there's some to have. I mean, who knows if they have, those would be ones that would ever make the Olympics. Who knows? But, you know, they decided to go that route. So, But even though if they do get paid, I think they're still allowed to be on the professional circuit. Right, yeah. They just can't go to the Olympics. So yeah. they'll miss out on one thing, but they can still bank on the other one. Yeah. It is what it is. It's interesting. All right. So we do have a very interesting Mount Rushmore for everybody. And this Mount Rushmore, uh, our good, our good uh, co-host – Theo came up with, and it's not, we're not picking one person to go on Mount Rushmore. We're each going to develop our own Mount Rushmore based on our favorite football team. So we got to pick our four favorite 
greatest players that we deem from our team from any time period. It could be the fa- it's just our four the four greatest players in our opinion or favorite four favorite players to ever play for our football team are going to be our Mount Rushmore. So which one of you fuckers want to take it all away? You can go, go Jeremy. First? Oh, I can go. Okay. Well, thanks. Just put me on the spot right there. Okay. All yep. right. So I, I bet you're going to pick the person on the Jersey that you're wearing. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe <laughs> something tells me that that's going to be one of your, so choices. I'm going to leave that person for last, even though, yes, I am definitely picking the person's Jersey that I'm wearing. No <laughs> doubt. See, about if it. you did it, I'm calling bullshit on that. Right <laughs> Call bullshit on my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> so my Mount Rushmore, um, even though I never watched this person actually play, he is probably one of the best offensive players that's actually played for the Eagles. And that was Harold Carmichael. Uh, he is, he was very a, few uh, Hall of Famers too, I think. Yeah. Um, like I never actually got to see him play because he played before my time. Like he played when I was a baby and before I was even born. So I did not have a chance to see him play, but uh, I've seen a lot, uh, a lot of clips. I've seen a lot of his stats and he is definitely one of the better, one of the best offensive players that's ever played for the Eagles. Um, and then there's Brian Dawkins. I got to put him on my Mount Rushmore. Like he, like being a defensive that's guy, valid. Loving defense, he's got to be on there because he is probably, if not the best, one of the best safeties that ever played for that team, um, easily. Uh, and then it, it, it's a toss up. Like I want to pick a quarterback, but it's hard because all the quarterbacks that played out of all of them, there's only one that really was a really great quarterback for the Eagles. And people are probably like, you know, anybody that's watching this and is an Eagles fan is probably not going to like this pick, but I I have to put him on the Mount Rushmore and no, it is not Nick Foles. All right. (laughs) Nick Foles did not have a career as an Eagle that validates him being on, even though he has a Super Bowl win under his belt, his career was one, not very long and two was not very spectacular. Go back and look at the stats. His stats are not that spectacular. Um, and I love Nick Foles. Get it over with. No, <laughs> and it is Donovan McNabb. Um, Donovan McNabb, you, you just can't deny what the guy did. And, I, and I'm and i not a Donovan McNabb fan by any means, man. He was the king of the dirt ball. Like, a five-yard <laughs> throw in the dirt. Like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, he was the king of that. Uh, he was also the king of the choke when it came to big games. You know, him and Andy Reid like choked together. It was like they both had a bad hot dog and couldn't like swallow it. Um, <laughs> so, but I got to put him on there oh, because man. he is probably, if you look at Eagles quarterbacks over the over the time, he's definitely the the best Eagles overall Eagles quarterback that's ever played for them. Uh, and then, of course, my favorite player of all time. The mm-hmm. whole reason that I ever played football in the first place is on my route Rushmore is definitely Reggie white. He is by far, even though he didn't finish with the Eagles, he is by far the greatest Eagle to probably ever put on a green Jersey. Um, you know, and once again, that's my personal opinion, but you know, so that's my Mount Rushmore. You got Harold Carmichael, Brian Dawkins, Donovan McNabb and Reggie white. All right. Who's up. Who's going next. 
That's a good Darth Pat. Sure. Darth Pat. Okay. Darth Pat, the Giants, Mount Rushmore. What you got? Well, I thought about going, you know, to the history and everything. And I said, nah, it's probably overdoing it. So I'm not going to start saying all the guys from the years gone by from prior to where I live. So I'm not going to, you know, put Mel Hine or Frank Gifford or Sam Huff or Andy Robustelli or Y.A. Pittle or Grant Harkinson on, on mine. I'm going to stick to uh, the A.J. philosophy, if you will. Lord have mercy. Of, That's uh, interesting. Of, uh, you know, players who, you know, actually saw a play. Um, so, obviously, LT. Mm-hmm. You know, the, uh, he's the absolute no-brainer. Uh, moving on from LT, uh, Mr. Good Morning America, Mr. Michael Strahan. Uh, All right, two defensive guys so far. Yep. And uh, Eli is going to be on there because he is still the best quarterback in franchise history and he will be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the sentimental part of me wants to say Phil Sims. Um, but I'd actually really have to go with Harry Carson. Uh, because he's in the Hall of Fame, because he was the heart and soul of their defense for you know many years, and uh, you know was really like the team leader. And uh, he had to play through the, uh, and he had to start his career when they were still a, a laughing stock there in the late seventies and the early eighties. But he was there to see the team turn around and turn into you know Super Bowl contenders and everything. To be blatantly honest, though, you know if you hadn't said specifically players. I would have said LT, Strahan, Eli, and Bill Parcells because I felt like Parcells defined the franchise in so many ways there in the uh, mm-hmm. in my formative years and everything. And again, he was the guy who really helped bring the team back from their prolonged period of mediocrity. So, um, but since he said players, I'll go with I'll go with Harry Carson slightly over Phil Sims because funny thing is when you look at Phil Sims, he he was. So, because we were talking about Joe Namath last week, he, he mm-hmm. was Joe Namath-ish in a way, in that um, his stats weren't like as good as they could have been or should have been, or blah blah blah. Like, just as an example, the year that you know he led the Giants to the Super Bowl in 1986, he actually threw one more interception than touchdowns that year. Now the Giants <laughs> were the Giants were very much a running team that year. Uh, you know, and they, and they pretty much always were, of course, under Parcells. But you know, it just uh, it just was kind of interesting that uh, that happened. And you know, Sim struggled, of course, very early in his career and didn't get going until you know he was practically thirty years old. The uh, big difference the, between Sims and uh, Eli. <laughs> Sims had a better win loss record because Eli ended up with an exactly 500 win-loss record as a quarterback, but I put that more to the fact that, um, you know, it was a much different game when they played. You know, Sims, of course, played completely before the free agency era, and I really think the Giants franchise, of course, 
didn't do enough to make sure there was enough talent around Eli in a lot of his years. So, you know, it's just the way it is. And uh, why did Jeremy turn into a painting? I don't know. He's gracious with his oil painting smile. Joe, what'd you do? This wasn't me this time. I did nothing. <laughs> I, did, I, I did nothing. I didn't, uh, I mean, I could have. Uh, but uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't do nothing to him. He's just, uh, he's uh, become a character on an anime or something. I don't know. Joe, and uh, I'm, I'm just reading and Kukoch got inducted into the Hall of Fame today. And he yep. said, I would like to thank this gentleman here for kicking my butt the Olympics in Barcelona because Jordan like was the person with him. Yeah, yeah, he uh I, I read it. He said uh he said it about Jordan and Pippen. I'm gonna have to go watch Paul Pierce's speech because everybody's saying Paul Pierce's speech was really good because he's telling stories. So oh did, story time with Paul Pierce. Yeah, yeah he said they he, were good. Him and Kevin Garnett jumped out of a cab together and did pay. <laughs> wow. Guys making all that money, they could pay a cab driver. It's fucked yeah, up. Exactly. There's that's another one where I guess he he told a story about being hung over at a shoot around, and then he didn't want to talk to Doc Rivers after falling to his, his knee because his breath was banging. <laughs> wow, good old. I'm gonna have to go back and watch. It'll be hilarious. Please, I hope he doesn't say anything about LeBron, but I wouldn't rule anything out with him. So <laughs> that is true. That is true. Do you oh, want me Jeremy's to back. Or do you want to go? Yes, I, I had to tinkle. I was about to burst. So, wow, the bladder is just going to explode. Yes, you 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 could go, AJ. Okay, mine's not overly difficult. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Paul, L way, L way, L way, and L way. <laughs> I didn't know there was four L ways that played for the Denver yeah, Broncos. <laughs> I'll take. Elway, I'll take Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis is still my favorite running back. I not the best, but he was my favorite running back, probably. Um, Shannon Sharp. Even though I don't like him as an announcer, it doesn't mean I don't like him as a player. He loves LeBron. Let me tell you something, Skip Bayless. If you got a good movie without a bit, you bigger back it up before you talk to me, man. <laughs> and I'll I'll take Von Miller because Von Miller is the best defensive player I've seen play for Denver. He's a beast. I mean, he helped them. They won a Super Bowl because of him. So that was that was easy. So oh, yeah, man. that was quick too. Damn. He's overlooking Carl Mecklenburg and Steve Atwater I'm and Ron and Easy Ed. I'm not overlooking anybody. I know. I'm just throwing out other guys there who I think of when I think of Broncos. You know, so. Yeah, Steve so, Atwater, yeah, shit, that dude was awesome. I, I mean, if I was going to pick one defensive player, though, I'm going to take Von Miller. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's understandable. I mean, it, it is. It's a little difficult to see why you left Tebow off your list, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there is. Yeah. Elway just slightly edges him. I mean, I if, I if I would have taken a receiver, I would have taken Rod Smith over Ed McCaffrey. So, yeah, I feel like Rod Smith's been underrated as uh, 
in the years since he uh, since he retired. I have I have a Terrell Day I have Terrell Davis Elway and Rod Smith jerseys and Champ Bailey. Those are the jerseys. Ooh, Champ Bailey, he was a good defender too. He was good. That's another one. So I just I really like Sharp. Sharp was like I said. I think Sharp changed the tight end position completely. So yeah. Yeah, he doesn't. He does like LeBron, and I don't want to hold that against him because this has nothing to do with what he's doing. Off <laughs> the field. Strictly what he did on the field, and I liked Shannon Sharp until he started liking LeBron. So, well, he has to like LeBron because you have to have a counterpoint to that. Skip you know, just complete, you know, viscous, uh, massive, complete anti-LeBron sentiment that is Skip Bayless. So. You know. I don't, I know Joe's going to go. I saw something that I, I had to do a double take the other day, guys. Supposedly Colin Cowherd watched wrestling and now he likes wrestling. I saw it. Like he like loves WWE now. I'm going to have to go look this up. This is First the guy off. that said everybody that watches wrestling is a redneck years ago. Bugger eater. <laughs> the, the, the main question though is that on for this this topic is what the fuck did he watch that made him like wrestling yeah! the, like please like, tell me it was it if it like, was raw i'm not i i don't <laughs> bull, no, i call bullshit i think he watched, he's, I think he watched me, SummerSlam. he watched please tell, me, please tell me it wasn't the jericho nick gage match you know what I mean? no like it was it was it was he definitely likes wwe it's not AEW. So he watched SummerSlam. I believe SummerSlam sold him. Uh, uh, wow. Not, I, not, not even a top 10 SummerSlam of all time. I did a double take. <laughs> that sold him. I did a double take when I saw it, and I had to look uh, again and say, is that really Colin Cowherd? And he's like, I'm all in. I, I like wrestling. I'm like, what the fuck? So I, I, yeah. I got to make, well, since we're talking about sports announcers, before Joe gives us his uh, Mount Rushmore, Stephen A. Smith oh, is getting a new show. Oh, boy. It's yeah. called Stephen A. Smith and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's pretty much his host got booted and he's he's getting right. his host got he's booted. Getting the, he's getting the show himself. Yeah, he's getting the show himself and he's yeah, going to have like, on special guests like co-hosts. Well, it's, yeah. it, it's actually being called Stephen A. Smith and nothing else. Yes, we're daring you to watch this. And guess who one of his first co-hosts is? Just take a wild fucking guess. Oh, Michael Irvin was his first one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, they already went at it. It was hilarious. I watched it. I just wanted to whatever. And Tebow's another one. Ah, there it is, Tim Tebow. <laughs> oh, Stephen A. Smith loves Tim Tebow. Oh, now he loves him, even though he it's said he got white privilege. privilege. Yeah. Oh, he's he's loved he's he's loved Tim Tebow for several years. Oh, he loves that guy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's just they've so had f- that conversation. They've had that conversation publicly and and off camera. But yeah, he he loves oh, Tim you, Tebow. Yeah, you can you can love a guy and still say he got a, a shot because of white privilege. There's those two things are not mutually exclusive. Yeah, I yeah, so I, I think- was just like, wow, like. I mean, he. I don't get it, but whatever. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't know how you can say th- that about somebody and love that person. Like, it. It doesn't make sense to me. But I, you know, it's a, it's a dynamic that I won't understand because I don't think like that. But that's well, okay. I'll, I'll I'll tell I'll tell you how it works, Jeremy. 
<laughs> you got to understand, the concept here is very simple. I'm going to do and put on the air whatever it's going to do that's going to get me ratings, which is going to get me more money out of ESPN. That's the way it works. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but you are correct. That's how it works these days. Unfortunately. Yeah. All right, Unfortunately. Joe. <laughs> With that, what is the Bears right. Mount Rushmore going to look like? I already know two of them for sure. Probably three of them. Um, so three of them I've watched live. The other one I didn't. I but I've I've watched a lot of old games. Okay. On the NFL Network and online. Not just of old Bears players, but of a lot of other games too. Um, so, but the first and obvious one on here is is Walter Payne, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, he's never going to be left off any of my lists. Period. Uh, the next one is Dick Buckus. He is he is my second one um, that I went back and watched, and very defensive heavy. Because why would the Bears have anything else on offense besides Walter Payton? We can't get shit <laughs> for receivers or quarterbacks. We can he find said, running backs and defensive players. He said butt kiss. <laughs> and not just any kind of butt kiss. It was a dick butt kiss. Yes. <laughs> it was. What a what a hor- what were his parents thinking when they named him that name? Dick butt kiss. Like, really? Come on, ma'am. <laughs> well, they probably weren't thinking about that specifically. Yeah, because pro- his first name is probably Richard. 40, 50, they- 60 years later. Yeah. Uh, Richard Buckus. Probably. Um, so Dick Buckus. And then the other two are Mike Singletary and Brian Urlacher. Mm-hmm. Ah, I knew I figured those two linebackers are going to be on there. And Walter Payton. Dick Buckus, Dick Buckus was the surprise for me. Oh, man. Yeah. I can't believe you snubbed the Willie Gold. to be honest i wasn't sure if i just wanted to do the aj thing whatever however pat worded it um just go with guys from your lifetime yes yeah yeah um or not i thought about it because if i didn't do that if i did would have done that Devin hester would have taken dick buck as a spot uh I can't believe you just didn't come up with a Mount Rushmore of great Bears running back failures since Walter Payton retired. <laughs> Ouch. There, there haven't um, been that many. Well, there's at least two I can think of without having to think too hard. Failures? Well, I mean, yeah, Cedric Benson. Cedric Benson and Curtis Enos. Rashawn Salam. Oh, yeah. There you go. See? Well, don't don't do them that hard. You're one away from a Mount Rushmore. <laughs> um, let's see. Can I think of anybody else? Mm. Honestly, those would probably be the only three. Yeah, now, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it would just be those three. It would only be those three because they're the only ones that were like high profile. Yeah, because the they have had other good running backs. So We had Matt Forte for nine years. We had Dang, Neil Anderson. Good. Neil Anderson was good, yeah. We had Thomas Jones. Yeah, no, running backs has always been okay for the most part. Well, I also can't believe you left Bronco Nagurski off your list. Oh. Uh, 
only picked one old school guy. That was only going to be buckets. And you, you just let's go back to the sneakers game, Joe. Pat, <laughs> Pat you just Phil McConkey, so Phil. You know how Phil McConkey was that he was crazy. What <laughs> the roll with Devin Hester? I could have put him on there. He needs to There's be in a the lot Hall of wrong with Devin too. Hester. What are you talking about? No, I'm starting with where he went to college. Damn it! I, that, that's irrelevant after the fact. Listen, <laughs> I've had guys from the U and now Ohio State on my team, so I just have to deal with it at that point. <laughs> Devin Hester's jersey is the one I have on currently. What's wrong with Devin Hester? <laughs> I, I summed it up right there for me. I so. don't have a problem with Devin Hester. I was just, I just couldn't believe he only, he legitimately could only return, was only a good return guy. Like he could not, the wide receiver game was not his thing. Like he just, well, he just, the thing with him is in college, he, he only played a couple snaps on offense. He was mostly a returner and a defensive back. And we drafted him. We just kept him at returner because he was that special. Right. He no, played he a couple was. games. I think he played a couple games as a, a slot cornerback and and um, a number two CB a couple times. Then he wanted. They decided to put him on offense. He was he was an average wide receiver. Mm-hmm. His hands were average in regards to it. You know, he had the speed to make up, but they had other guys to throw the ball to. Yeah, he was was a guy of average size, average (laughs) speed, average quick. Not average speed. No average speed. Average average agility. (laughs) I think he's talking about me. (laughs) Average 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 carpentry skills. (laughs) Uh, I was doing the Nash's Arn Anderson promo. Yeah, I know. I, I I caught on to what you're doing. Uh, it's just no. I don't have a problem with Devin Hester. I just, I just like to dis kind of diss him a little bit because of just his very uh one di- his uh singular dynamic there of uh, being a return guy. But hey, that's fine. Yeah, hell of a career out of being just a return guy. That's for sure. Yep. I don't think there. I can't think of another return guy that probably is as good. It was as good as he was. But. Uh, Oh my God! Shut up. <laughs> really good return guy back in the day. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with you that he was a good return guy. Um, I, I don't think I put him in the same league as as a Devin Hester though. Dion, Dion. Who else was uh, Dante Hall? You know, was more recently. So, what else did you mention? You mentioned Mel Gray. Oh yeah, Mel Gray. Yeah, there was another one back in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, I remember like that's one like when I'd get to like the Streets and Smiths magazine every year when I was like reviewing like the stats from the previous year. I always loved to see Mel Gray's name at the top of the kick return leaderboards. <laughs> Dante Hall with his X X he always threw up and all that shit. <laughs> Dante Hall. <sighs> Funny because the Giants have never had good returners. Really, they've they've always kind of suck the bone at return guys so they try to put jason seahorn back there the one year he tore his fucking ACL in the preseason <laughs> oh man that was remember horrible that. i remember like like we knew they were we knew that they were going to do it we kind of accepted why they were doing it 
And me and my dad were both like, he's going to get hurt in the preseason watch. And sure enough, he fucking did. <laughs> and he, he, he was still good after that, but he wasn't as good as he had been, you know, at corner. So still pulled off one of the damnedest plays I've ever seen in that playoff game against the Eagles. But, you know, it was just like, why the hell did you do this? So. Yep. All right. So. Does anybody have anything else they'd like to share before we kind of sign off here and call it? Uh, Joe, we just, we just don't, 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 don't. I already saw. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Jesus. Nope. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. That's why I threw my arms up. We got burned in the final seconds on a 59 yard touchdown pass. That's ridiculous. Jacksonville State Gamecocks. Ooh, the Gamecocks. Like and they, Gamecocks. Went, they went for it earlier, Joe, too, on like fourth and three, and they could have kicked the field goal, and they went for it and didn't get yep, any points. Stupid. No, you're good, team, Jeremy. You're giving me great hope that Notre Dame does, in fact, suck then. How do, I, I got a quick ask. How did Penn State do? Did they play this week again? Yeah, they played Ball State. They won pretty easily. Yeah, I get. I would think so. Ball State, uh, you know, is not. Well, Ball State, well, Ball State won the MAC last year for what that's worth. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't think it was ever really in doubt much. Um, yeah, they they had a two touchdown lead by the end of the first quarter, and they won forty four to thirteen. So they were fine. Yeah, that's a route. Next 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 week they play Auburn at home, which will be a. Uh, should be, should be an interesting game. So, all right, cool. I'm all also right. I'm also thinking about uh, it's time for me to head back out to Notre Dame next year. I'm thinking uh, they host Clemson the first Saturday in November next year. I'm trying to convince my parents to uh, to go. So that'll be uh, if that happens, that'll be uh, kind of weird because I haven't been there in 20 years. So wait out. I'll go with you and I'll sneak the bomb and blow the stadium up. No, no, no. God. We do not endorse bombing of stadiums in this podcast. <laughs> That's a no, figure of speech, we, please. No, we 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 do. Oh my god, we do. You guys. All right. Well, that concludes our podcast. We want to thank everybody for tuning in live today on Facebook. If you didn't catch us live and you're catching this uh, some way, other form, whether it's YouTube, thank you for watching on YouTube. Leave us a comment, like it, subscribe, turn on your notifications, do all that fancy fun shit so you never miss another episode. And if you're catching it on audio version, which would be Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, I there's so many of them I can't even remember, on Amazon Music, Pandora, uh, and uh, Spotify, you know, uh, thank you for listening. And I hope you, we all always hope you enjoyed the episodes and we're going to say as always, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, and we'll catch you on the next episode.